All right. This is a good one you're about to hear. This is what this podcast is about. It's just two guys. I drive a truck. He drives a boat, a boom boat, oil rigs off from Jersey Coast, back in the sounds and everything. It does work. This is what we do. We both listen to podcasts till we can't see straight. But the one thing we know we are, we are Bitcoiners. Nothing else. And we are what makes it run. All of us, the people, are the fire in that engine. Bitcoin's the engine. It needs fuel. It needs oil. Put those together and start that sucker up and it's fire. That's what this is. This whole podcast is about that. So come along. DM me. Let's talk. I'll talk to anybody. It's the way it is. This is the way the world used to be. We talk to people all the time. We didn't just talk at people on Twitter, Facebook. We talked with people, had a conversation. This just happens to be sort of on a bar stool. So anyways, you can go to swanbitcoin.com forward slash mother trucker. And I know some of you don't like the spelling, but it's M-U-T-H-A-T-R-U-C-T-R-U-K-A. Trucker. Enjoy, mother truckers. That was good. Welcome to reality. Easy money makes life hard. Hard money makes it easy. Story, hey, show your skies. Our stools and Bitcoin and bullshit. One more for the oil workers. <laughs> stools and Bitcoin and bullshit. Make your mama proud. All right, welcome to Barstool Bitcoin and Bullshit and whatever hell else you name me want to call this thing. Give me a second here to get my sponsors out of the way. Okay, they're out of the way. <laughs> There's nothing there. Today, uh, <laughs> we have with us Storm Jib at Storm Jib Hoddle. Is it Hoddle? Storm Jib on uh, our Twitter. That was just when everybody was doing that a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, anyway, it was when we all threw that in our names. There you I go. I haven't taken it down yet. So, uh, Storm Jib uh, on Twitter, and his real name is Mike. So, we can just call him by Mike, and I'm Bubba, and that's the way it goes. But uh, he's got, we don't know each other. We just met when we came up here on Zoom. And what I do know, like me, he's had a varied career and he's done a lot of stuff. And we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about Bitcoin, whatever else comes across our mind. So anyways, here we are. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm fantastic. Glad to be here. So like I was saying, I got to hear this backstory because when you sent me the DM there and you were like, well, I've been a nurse and I've done this and I've done that. And I was like, wow. All right. So my, my life, I could break it down in about like a minute. So like, I was just, you know, 
kind of not a lazy kid, but a disinterested kid. I only cared about skateboards and BMX bikes and just getting around and having fun. So I wasn't too into my schoolwork. I, I could do it. I wasn't like full on dumb. I just wasn't inspired. Right. Um, so when it came towards the end of high school, figuring out what the heck are we going to do with me? It was looking like I should go into the arts. I spent a lot of time wasting time in class, drawing pictures and that kind of thing, a little bit artistic. So we were like, you know what? You'll, you'll go teach kids art in an art school or whatever. You'll go do that. But I started down the path of that schooling and I was about towards the end of it. And all I had to do was student teaching. I would have been an art teacher, but I became the uh, teacher's assistant to the glass blowing program within the college I was at. And I was like, shit, this is cool. I, you could keep your damn school and your kids and your bullshit. I'm going to blow glass. And I just hooked hard, right. And I, uh, blue glass, studio glass blowing for eight years. And that went pretty all right all for all. But I didn't have the uh, sort of design uh, skill set and drive and also to want to hang my own shingle and become my own bigger operation. So life was a little skinny and my brother had a young family. So I came back east um, to New Jersey and helped him for a bit. I was selling fish. I did a season of commercial fishing in Alaska on a saner for salmon. And then it was looking like I needed a boat to sail with. And so it looked like nursing school was the shortest distance between two points to string together a little bit of school for a lot more money than I was making. So I went to nursing school, got an associates in nursing on top of my fine arts degree. And I did a lot of hospital nursing for eight years. I just hammered hard on that road. And now I've got a couple sailboats and a couple old motor boats and they're nothing grand, but push comes to shove. I'm on the water and I'm enjoying myself and I care about that. So yeah. uh, technically life went sideways in 2018. Uh, some of some poor choices, this, that, the other fell on my face, but it was kind of the best thing that could happen to me. Met an older sailor, transited the intercoastal waterway while kind of like licking my wounds and figuring out what was next. And uh, one thing led to another gave a go to selling boats that didn't really add up to much. But then I met my current boss and I drive oil boom boat at a refinery now. And while it's not like a corner office CEO kind of job, it allows me a lot of time to listen to Bitcoin content, relax, not be pressured. And I enjoy the nature of my work. I love towing things on the water. The type of problems I run into are like tying knots, bolting things together, cutting things apart. Like I like that. You know what I mean? Whereas I was over what I had to do in the hospital. I totally respect the grind of a hospital nurse and what that routine is, but it, the glove didn't really fit for me. That wasn't my party. So I got the hell out of there. And I mean, that's kind of the fast version of it. Yeah. Well that, that I, I, I know what you mean because it doing the, doing the job you're doing now, the, it, I always like saying I, I like my hands dirty. I love them dirty. I just that's the kind of work I like to do. It makes me happy. And with trucking, kind of the same thing. I'm out there. I'm out in the wilds, out in the just on the roads of America and just wide open. I like that. And so I understand what you're saying about with your your boat job and that. But what yeah. what is it that you do your boom boat driver what what is it you do okay so where i am i'm over on the arthur kill which is the body of water that separates staten island from new jersey we have a pretty big uh it's the philip 66 refinery it's a uh 
I think it's called fractional catalytic cracking. So they break down crude oil into a number of different products. You know what I mean? Whether it be kerosene or some other thing or naphtha, who knows what they make. They make a lot of stuff. So the, the crude comes to us in either big tankers or moderate sized barges. So what I do is I hang out in a work trailer with two other guys. We hang out there 72 hours at a whack and call comes in over the radio and they call our company name and we answer back and they say, Hey, we need you to go over there to one dock and uh, boom in this or that ship. And we, you know, throw in our gear and we walk down to the boats, fire up the boat. We go do the thing. Now the boom is just a flexible rubber wall with floats mounted on it. That is probably anywhere from, let's say, I don't know, a third of a mile to a hair over a half a mile long, depending on the size of what you're booming in, that's how many lines you have to let go. So say if it's a small barge, maybe you only drop like six lines, but say if it's something huge, maybe you're dropping like 12 lines. You know what I'm saying? So then you tow the lead of it around the object you need to encapsulate. And then you arrive to this riser where it's a connector that floats up and down with the tides and you connect that boom to the riser. And now the ship is contained in this bubble of floating rubber. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that way, if the ship were to leak diesel fuel or crude oil, right. it's contained it within contained. that pen. Right. And that's kind of the gig. And cool. it's fun, man. And the current runs through there anywhere from like, let's say a knot to like a knot and a half or two. <laughs> and it provides like this element of challenge where it's like billiards in the sense that you got to watch your leave. Like yeah. say if the wind is blowing strong from two yeah. o'clock relative to my boat, I might need to come at that line in such a way that I know as I'm approaching it, I got to cut hard to swing my boat away from that barge. So the wind doesn't blow me on top of the boom, just little no nuances. Like anybody who's okay at boats, like if you already knew boats, I could have you doing this job. Great. in like two days, it's not, it's not rocket science. If you're not good at boats, you're going to have a bad time. Right. But um, I've been on boats my whole life. So, I mean, boats are no different than like driving a truck or a motorcycle or anything else. It, has some particularities to it and you have to know their limitations and you got to just not paint yourself into a corner. It's kind of like how if you came into a turn too hot on a motorcycle, there's not a lot you could do for yourself. If you're truly in there that high, you kind of got to lay that down and stick that. Cause if you try to break hard in a turn, you're just going to stand up and skip out from what oh, yeah. I know. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not knowledgeable about bikes. No, no, but that's it's, it's, that I was, yeah, I always said motorcycle riding goes against, all survival instincts because what you just said you're going too hot into a corner you don't slow up you don't break you've slammed the gas and you go you just lean harder and it goes against your survival instincts say whoa sit up and stand up and you'll wreck and i know because i've done it (laughs) i've wrecked i went off the i went off a yes sir sort of a mountainside in north carolina once i was riding the paved goat paths up there and up there in uh, the mountains of Smoky Mountains, and it's just curvy ass roads, and it's fun as shit if you're on a sport bike. And I was on a sport bike, and uh, kind of like uh, you got the dragon and all that out that way. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I I stayed away from the dragon because it has become such a tourist trap. It's a death trap because everybody's there. There's just too much traffic. It's way too much traffic. And every once in a while, you got grandpa coming down that road in his, you know, 40 foot RV. And he's way over the center That's line. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. In an RV. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just dangerous as shit. There's another road out there, 321 up up near yeah. 
the Tennessee border up north. That's really good too. And nobody okay. really knows about it. And it's actually better pavement. But this was just one of those back roads through the mountains and my talent ran out <laughs> and I went over the, I went over the handlebars and the bike followed me. You know, we have a, we have a saying in the motorcycle world. If, if you love your bike, set it free. If it came back it you probably high sided, <laughs> you know, you went over those bars and the bike's just wow. following you. But uh, yeah, man. You know, See, I'm green when it comes to bikes. I got a buddy from high school that's deep into motorcycles like you. And I got my motorcycle license back in like 14 or so. And I just go along with friends that are deep into motorcycling. So I probably only have like 10 days on a bike, maybe something like 800 miles. Because some of the rides I've done are kind of long. Yeah. But I'm green, man. And I, yeah. I respect the limits and I try to operate sensibly. But Well, you, you better. Because a bike will bite you in the ass. It's it's Whoa. It's like the most i always said the most important thing about riding a motorcycle is stopping because there's cars that pull out in front of you and shit you mm -hmm. better know how to stop because if you get yourself in a pickle you got to get stopped or everything's a wreck on a motorcycle there's there's very little outcomes and it uh on a motorcycle it's not if you, you wreck it's when what was that how do you build that skill of peace time on a bike so like say i'm not in a press situation a vehicle didn't jump in timing but i want to learn emergency braking like what do i read what do i watch what do i do if i want to get good at short distance shit. stop yeah, shit. Shit. uh i don't know because i've been on bikes so long i don't <laughs> nobody i i learned the hard way i went down that's how i would learn because right. i didn't know uh yeah. my uncle my uncle rode motorcycles way back when i was young but i didn't have anybody teach me he was just like get on the fucking ride it's easy okay um the best thing the best thing is your front brake is your friend not your back brake your back brake does nothing you can stomp on that thing and it, right. it won't stop you the right. but you can use both in emergency situations that'll help but the best thing is to stay loose if once you ridge it up if you're breaking hard like in an emergency situation and your body goes rigid you're done for because your body is what moves that yeah. bike. And if, and if you go rigid, you're right. not moving. The bike will start moving you and the bike has no brain. It just goes. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff you could read. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, uh, it's, it's cool. I just was curious if anything was off the top of your head, but I'll take that advice to stay not rigid and yeah. utilize all brakes at your disposal. And yeah, I, I was, I suppose it's a lot about being acutely aware. Like I'm always watching the tires to see if they turn if someone's about to jump out in front of me. Yeah. You know, I'm always watching vigilantly. Yeah. Cause th when you're on the bike, the best thing to do is, is you already know, you know, like when you're going through curves, you're looking, you're not looking at the front of the bike. You're looking way down the road as far as you can see, right. because I'm, whether it's an object in the road or a car comes in the road, if you're looking very far forward and riding, especially if you're in a situation where there's other cars and stuff, um, you know, you're not out on a country road or something, always know somebody's going to pull out in front of you because they don't, they, well, we yes, didn't sir. see them. They see you, you got a headlight. It's, it's beaming bright. Always run your bright light. No matter if anybody flashes right. you always run bright daylight doesn't matter yep. run bright 
Fuck. All the damn time. Right. Uh, that's right. So, but really looking far down the road because that's where that's where the problem's going to come quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're looking right. real far down the road, it's just it's the same thing I have to do in the truck. You have to look way down the road because I'm trying to stop eighty thousand pounds. So it doesn't stop as yeah. quick as a car, <laughs> you know. So you have to just plan that. But uh, it yeah. uh, bikes as you get more time on it. Oh, it's, it's, it's freedom, man. It is the freedom of, of on it. land, on land boats, the same thing. I've had a few yep. boats in my time, but mostly it was a, uh, you know, party barging. I've, I've owned a few boats and it's, you know, by the, You're by when I, I, I get on the boat and I'm sober by the time I'm bringing the boat back, I'm no longer sober and it gets difficult, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but I grew up with boats, yeah, you know, water skiing and all that shit. Dad had a, dad had a boat and, we had a great time. I think, I think it was a great way to come up, you know, in, uh, in I agree. doing a lot of different stuff and being versatile in life. It just helps you in all the things that come at you in this world, you know, but, uh, yeah, man. when did, uh, so when did you find Bitcoin? When did it, when did it, when did you, cause I, I, I'm a big believer I'll be honest with you. Go ahead. You know that three touches. You can tell me the belief in a second, but my first touch with it was probably somewhere in 13. And I remember partying with my buddy in Vegas and my gears were turning, kind of wanted to purchase some things on the uh, Silk Road. Uh-huh. Didn't have the guts to do it because I had a nursing license. And uh, that was my first touch. And then it sort of started to sort of make me tingle a little bit. And, you know, 16 and 17, you start to see it go up, but I never really stopped and asked what it is, why it matters, any of that. And then December 15th to 17, I'm like, holy shit, I fucked up. There's something here. What did I miss? And I just FOMO'd right in and just aped into the market and started trying to learn about it full on. And I've been here since. Yeah. So I'm, I'm class of late 17. That's when I joined up. Yeah. I, cause my theory is, and it's the real reason that I started this podcast because on every other podcast and a lot of stuff, everybody's got the rabbit hole story. You know, when they fell over the edge and down the rabbit hole, they go. I have a theory. I've right. <laughs> you already, if you've listened to anything, I have a million fucking theories, <laughs> a million of them. My theory is because <laughs> for me, it's been a long road. I'm 58 years old. Bitcoin wasn't around for most of my, my mm-hmm. journey and like I've said before, I was down the rabbit hole when I was 25, uh, you know, and this was in the 80s. There's no such thing as the Internet. It's just not even there. So, but I have a, right. a feeling that there's things we've done in our life that leads us up to the rabbit hole because there's a lot of people just living their life. They don't they don't know about Bitcoin or even if they do, they're not falling down the rabbit hole. So there's something that we all live that when we got to the edge of that rabbit hole, we just dove the fuck down and went, I'm in, I'm in. Jumped it in. Well, you know, you get so- rebellion. Like, in other words, I grew up like a punk skateboard kid. We were like going in and out of abandoned buildings. We were skimming our lunch money over the week to have enough money to take the train into Manhattan at like 12 years old. Like, this is back when kids were free. You know about being free as a kid. Oh, like yeah. It doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately, but we lived wild as children. You know, we had to do what we had to do to stay out from under the thumb of the parents. 
but there was a lot of discretion you had back in the day before the cellular tether for the children and all that. Sure. So I think uh, most Bitcoiners have an element of questioning authority, an element of rebellion. You kind of have that in place. Like it's a very rebellious sort of person gravitates to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause like what you were saying with that back in the day uh, and you, you come from that, that, punk skateboard you know the skateboard punk you know that's that's what you came from and i was more from the the uh, and the and and rebellion and i've been rebellion my whole life at least this is what my mother tells me Uh, (laughs) but it was rebelling it was it was rebelling in different sense and for for some of us older folks when that late when the late 70s hit and punk rock hit I mean, when I heard the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. I just was like on it. Oh, yeah. I was on it. And and I I had such a weird life because I was also around the farm so much that I had so much country music in me. But the country people I loved were Waylon Jennings, Hank Sr., Hank Jr., Willie Nelson. It was the rebellious guys in that. And then when it came to the punk rock right. thing, to me, it all just was like, well, punk rock is just country music really fast and fun and but that <laughs> element, never, really, never really thought of it like that it's basically three chords of the truth the same I mean, damn I, thing I followed some punk music you what I, I followed some punk music coming up see my friends are pretty musical and you know like your ramones your black flag your uh i don't know see i'm not an expert but yeah a lot of them i grew up with they were they were deep in like we were yeah, definitely a generation younger than you but we were into that stuff even though it was like probably our older uncle's music, if you push or shove, it wasn't ours. We were well, yeah, and also because being back east, I mean, that's where in America, that's where it was either New York City and Jersey, you know, that whole conglomerate that it is, or all the way out to Los Angeles. There was a lot of punk rock happening in the Midwest, but, you know, the big epicenters were on the coast yeah. and where you guys were at. So it was around you. You know, there was no way that you could miss it if you turned it was on. Very fringy grassroots. Yeah, like if you went into there was a friend's like basement, house, and... basement concerts. Boom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You party in the basement, and you're busy beating the shit out of each other in someone's basement, and yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, and it was. <clears throat> excuse me, and I was in there because when that shit hit, it was when I was in high school too. Well, disco was the biggest fucking thing known to man with all of my friends. They had the platform shoes and they're all (laughs) dancing and shit. I just couldn't even get in it. I I could hang with them during the week, but then when they'd be like, oh, we're going to go here. I'm like, no, we're not going there. You're going there because I'm not going, you know. And uh, but yeah, the the element of uh, the rebellion and the punk rock and the questioning, the just as you that your road to the rabbit hole for everybody. I, you know, I think um, the questioning of you're looking at life and you're growing up and people are telling you, this is how you do things. And you're just going, really? That's, that's the way. And so that questioning element and rebellion gets you there. I, I feel like some people evolve though. Like I feel like most people arrive on the Bitcoin scene with visions and thoughts of number grow up it's a thing you own that appreciates in value and you're going to exit at the point you want this thing and right. little by little you start to realize that it has very real objectives of its own and 
it's not just occurring because a number go up and a pile of very convicted individuals mm-hmm. are doing this. Like, it's not just like, oh, shrug, Bitcoin happened. It's like, no, a bunch of like fanatics are putting their energy into this and effort yep. into this. Like, it's the furthest thing from chance. Yeah. The furthest thing from chance. Wow. Well, I was just talking to Newt last night about that. And what I've, what my saying has been with Princey and I've been telling everybody, I to me, Bitcoin is a living thing. It's alive. It's an engine is what yeah. it is. This is my, th- my, my way of putting shit. Cause I know engines and that shit. It's an engine. Right. And without, and you've got all that technical stuff that's there to make that engine go. But we, the people, we're the fuel and the oil. We are the energy going into that engine and we are what is making it run. So like you were saying there, you've got people that are in it for number go up and some other things, but if they get into it, especially somebody of a younger, younger age, just, uh, life, God damn zoom. What the hell is that? Just, uh, I don't know what that was, uh, just a life experience. Cause you just haven't had that much time on earth. And when they find Bitcoin, then, like you said, they start maybe questioning things that are around them, questioning the world that they thought was the world. So maybe they become very convicted and maybe not just the number go up. Uh, and like you said, the exit, people want to get yeah. into it. Number go up and they're going to exit. I'm never exiting because I don't have enough time left on this earth. It's for my wife. Uh, but I'm never exiting. I hope I get to the point where number number is where it's at and i use it while i'm still kicking you know uh right now though it's it's purely the savings account all my money is just you know that we don't need to live on it's going in there i don't know if you saw that tweet the other day i literally went to the bank and i transferred another i wired 20 more grand to swan for the convert now you know smash by when i need to for the dips and stuff and, you, man. and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't tell you how much I, how much has gone in since I heard it. You might oh, touch was. I understand. Like I roughly mean, everything, roughly everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, because, yeah. Cause we sold our property. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. We sold our yep. property yep. and we were going to buy another piece of property. And then I started finding Bitcoin and I said, fuck that. We're not buying a piece of property. We're going to stay in the freaking RV and we're going to put our money instead of in real estate. It's going into bit. And that's where it's going. Because when it comes time, I always, yeah. I have this fear of we have to get out of Dodge fast, right? The world goes crazy. That's why I have two RVs and they're all full. Yeah, they're sitting awesome. on full tanks, right? Where if I got to get out of Dodge, yeah. I don't want to have possessions anymore. I want to be able to run. And then having my money in a wallet about this size that plugs in anywhere. And I got my 24 words. I'm gone. I don't have to check with the bank no right. more and all this other shit. I'm just gone. So to, from where I stand, the fact that like, personally, I've exited the traditional financial system. Like, yes, I still have a checking account and like that's yeah, where please, I pay my cell yeah. phone from. And that. But the decision to exit the financial system, especially me being in my middle forties, is now all that capital that used to be locked up in a, in a vehicle such as a 401k that uh-huh. I can't touch till I'm nine and a half 
I'm glad I called their bluff. I burned it down. Sure, I paid taxes. Sure, I paid penalties. But I'm well ahead of where I would have been if I left it in their bullshit fucking cuck game they've got going on for everybody. Um, my life is the best it's ever been as a result for believing in and choosing to be part of Bitcoin, like immeasurably. And that that's what I love is the fact that I have that value. And if I had a need to do something, I could choose to do that. Whereas the previous vehicle I had, I had value, but it's locked up to uh, me. And they say, oh, well, you got to age 15 and a half more years before you can touch that. And it's like, wait, what? Like, that's mine. I made that. And that's what I don't like, man. I want to be able to, if something's mine, I want to be able to do what I want with it. And that's where I'm at. Yeah, well, so. get this. You, you'll you get this. I Because what you just said, they're taking your 401k. Because you had to wait years before you could touch it. All I had to do I was, all I had to do was wait another year and a half, right? And I'd get it without all those penalties. Yeah. Well, fuck it. I cashed it out sure. and put it in Bitcoin. I paid I paid the penalties, you I know. I did the right thing. I did because when I got it back in there and where it's gone now, I've already surpassed the money. And and with the, the stock That's market. What I've done too. And and like I tell everybody it's still in their 401ks and stuff, I say, you know, you don't just blindly put your fucking money in there because at any moment. The stock market is so propped up by bullshit and bubbles. I said, at any moment, your life's worth in your 401k could just disappear. It just go. Well, let me just revise that last sentence. It's not just at every moment. It's at every moment. It's continually devalued and whittled away yep. at and chipped away at. So when you're busy sitting there at 30 years old thinking to yourself, Oh boy, I'll have this much when I turn 62. Hold on, wait a minute. You might have that number, but guess what? That amount it, only buys like it has Hyundai accents or something. Right. Like, it has no value. You see? It's purchasing power and its right. value just eroded to shit. You know? Yeah, that's, that's and that's I'm the saying. thing. Like, that's we, the thing. We are basically, I, I was just going to say we're basically revolutionaries, as I see it. And that's where I need to get stronger. So my goals for 2021 is I'm all AML, KYC, so forth, that nonsense on everything I hold. Yeah. Uh, my node so far that I spun up with my Uncle Jim friend, it's clean. It hasn't touched anything. I'm going to start working on getting better with privacy, getting better with stacking with some BISC buys, you know what I mean? going mm -hmm. off the radar, so forth. Even if the stack isn't as big as my AMLKYC stack, I want to start working on and learning privacy. And I'm trying to help newer Bitcoiners not make the same dumb mistakes I did. Now, not to say they were that dumb, like being in is better than being out. But if you could snap your fingers and be somebody like Matt O'Dell or Open Oms or all these other people that are fluent and skilled in the application of the protocol and the acquisition of clean Bitcoin with proper coin joins and all this stuff, like, well, that's preferable, but it's not right. where I'm at yet, but I want to get there. So yeah, I'm, I'm on the road. I would love, I still, I still don't understand how coin join works and the, the whole whirlpooling and, and all that. And it scares me and I'll, I'll get there at some point. Cause I think that for me, I, I want the privacy, but I know I don't have it. This is personal. 
I know I don't have it because I, I carry a CDLA license with a hazmat endorsement. They know who yeah. I am. Yep. Every four years, they're up my ass clarifying and clearancing me to be, they know. And I can't yeah. get, at this stage of my life, I can't get privacy. The only way I can get privacy is when I leave this country to go back to our farm in the Philippines in a few years. And if I turn the phone off and everything else and sure. just use hers, I cannot. I, the only way I can get privacy is disappearing. And it, you can't disappear anymore. It's kind of hard. But I want to at least be able to get to the, the whirlpool and stuff and slosh it around so it gets hidden a little bit but like you were saying with odell well what you were saying with odell i don't think this brain my brain can wrap myself around all that stuff like he knows how to do it because i've just got there's no i think he can let's just start here so first things first bitcoin take a single unspent transaction output in other words you sent to a specific address that's an unspent transaction output it cannot be partially spent all right i don't know if you're aware of that so right, in other yeah. words let's say we have a 0.1 unspent output if i'm to send you 0 0.05 i must transact a, a transaction that's sending 0 0.05 to the address i'm sending to you and then there's going to be a change amount pointed back at me. And then right. the difference between those two sums, that's the fee for the miner off the top. So I feel that these coin join implementations, they're just pulling together a number of inputs in such a way that when the outputs come out, you can't tell which one was Bubba's and which one was Mike's and which one was Matt's. In other words, right. you just throw a whole bunch of shit together and then you pull it all apart and you're like, who's who's? And right. You can't prove who's. Yeah, I think that's all it is, man. Well, that part, I think it's not I deeper than that. Like we get it, we just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand what the what in theory what it does, what it is, uh, and I tell the joke like the first time I withdrew my Bitcoin to my wallet, yeah. I was cold sweat, flop sweat, freaking out because I'm sitting there. Yeah looking at it saying it's coming and i'm going oh i can't imagine <laughs> in my brain when i sit hear the world word whirlpool you know i, I envision a whirlpool whether it's a dishwasher or a real yeah. whirlpool how does it all come back to me and it's all my all my stuff is with me and <laughs> I, I don't get it i think it's still a black box to you and i in other words like to me, I haven't been inside, say, a Harley engine. But to you, you've been in a Harley engine. So to me, a Harley engine, while I understand it at its rudimentary, it's a more of a black box to me than it is to you because you've been in the guts. And I think right. that's where we're at with coin joining this technology. Philosophically, we understand it at its um, rough its core. conceptualization. Right. But we don't that's know it under the hood. Right. And we'd like to get there, but it's, it's a steep hill to climb. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, very, like, very. I, I, I try to read a lot of this stuff, but it's very technically dense. Yes, and it's the type of reading where it's almost like going rock climbing. Like you're 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 reading these words, and there's a lot of huh what's that are going to pop up in the path yeah. where you're like, wait, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that Gotta was a hell of that is. Come that was a hell of number three. Start reading again. <laughs> That was a <laughs> yeah. hell of an analogy, rock climbing and reading that tech stuff. 
it is like, whoa. And it just blows my mind. And it's, 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 it's really hard to. Yeah. Cause it's just not in my realm. It's just completely all, all the, the new world, you know, it's just out of my realm. A lot of this technical stuff just boggles this fucking mind. Cause sure. this mind knows other things and it, and it's, I don't want to say it's too late in the game for me to learn all that technical stuff, but with the time I have available free time and stuff like that, I like, like we've spoke, uh, you know, I can listen to a fuckload of podcasts. And sometimes when I listen to the technical ones, I'm just like, what? And I'm like going back to listen again. (laughs) What, what, what? And I just, I'm, I'm not going to say I can't get there, but I ain't going to say it's, it's It's inevitable that I will. I give every bit of like, call it 30 hours a week to paying attention to Bitcoin in various formats. Yeah. I still don't know that much. Now I think we got to give ourselves credit. We're further ahead than people that say know nothing, but uh, yeah, this is like a whole process, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. It's all well. And and I think the most important thing is to be like, just in it to some degree. If you're in it and doing and learning, you're doing good. Yeah. That's my theory is okay. I'm in it and I, and I know the whole philosophical conception of it. I got it. I, I didn't have any trouble with that because I'd been looking for that for years. Um, what kept me out of it so long was, mm-hmm. was the, the technical side. When I would find something about Bitcoin, it was all about the tech and it just didn't get in this brain and when the shutdown happened, COVID hit, I knew when they did the shutdown, this was the black swan event that, that America, and this time it was the whole fucking world was getting hit with it, this whole shutdown thing. And it just made me, I don't know what it was, but something popped up and it was on my damn Facebook feed and it was about crypto. And I got this silly book for free. It was called The Crypto Revolution or whatever. And most of the book was about shit coins and everything else. But even in this book, Bitcoin popped up. And every time they spoke of Bitcoin or wrote about it in in this book, it had meaning. And the shit coins were just shit. So I never even went the shit coin route. So I went, okay, I'm going to find out about Bitcoin. And then I I was listening to a podcast one day because the same guys that wrote the book had a podcast and it was all crypto 101. Corey Clipson was on and that was with Swan. Mm-hmm. And when he said the words auto DCA, because I'm driving a truck down the road, I can't trade or anything like that or watch it even. And that was what I was afraid of was keeping up with it. Cause it moved so fast and it was volatile just being, yeah. how can I do this in a truck? And when he said auto DCA, I went, fuck. And I went and looked for Swan Bitcoin and I was in, I was in, I went, I can do it. I can get in with this and not have to watch it. And auto DCA, DCA, obviously I knew from years of stocks, I traded commodities for a while. I didn't auto DCA on that shit. That was way back, that was way back in the days I had a satellite dish on my my house because it was before the internet to come into commodity prices and shit. What uh, were you doing like Chicago Mercantile Exchange or something else? 
Oh no, I was yeah, Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was trading. It was a service called yeah. D the satellites. Right. The satellite service was DTN. And all I traded, <laughs> it's funny that it would come full circle. All I traded in commodities, corn and soybean, corn and soybeans. Yeah, it was corn and soybeans. Yeah, this was back in the nineties, but it was all I understood. Cause I, I grew up in the middle of corn and soybeans. I understood corn soybeans that's all i traded and now mm -hmm. the joke is that you know corn futures when i uh when i went and got my money out of the bank i told them yeah i'm going to invest in some corn futures and they you know swan bitcoin bitcoin tv they call it corn hub tv and shit and everybody's using this corn <laughs> went, well that came for a full circle yeah. <laughs> you know but uh i don't yeah. know i just know philosophically i know what it is and I know it's right. And I know it's real. And there's too many, especially now, 10 years into it, there's so many people involved, not just the smart people, the number of people, human beings, me and you, the, the guys that are just the guys. There's so many yep. people in this. It can't die. It won't die. It's forever and, and ever. Yeah, not all the way. It could go flat for a minute, but it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. It yeah. comes back to life. Yeah, the and it, of the that's what I meant by it'll never die. Even if we, can't kill this thing. even if it, it it was to crash again, it you can't kill it. It will not be dead. So it's just a yeah, matter. Yeah, we, we just drive on that flat for a while and get it fixed on the road. Yeah, it's we just fit, a matter of back. matter yeah, of holding they, on. Exactly, it it's incredible, man. It's such an incredible community. I love it, man. Yeah, it's I wild. do. There's plus there's. There's a, it's, 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 it's a great mix. The whole, uh, Bitcoin community to me is a great mix. Cause you've got the, the shit talkers, the very smart people that post only serious stuff. And you've got the philosophical mm -hmm. guys and, and everything in between everybody's in it, you know? And what I have come okay. to find in my time is, is, uh, some of the shit talkers, are actually the really smart motherfuckers. They're really smart. They just talk shit to get it across. And I really, and, and it's funny as shit. You know, I just love it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but as far uh, as that. It's really interesting. It, it, it's funny how it takes a long time to absorb the wisdom of people that have been in for a long time. I think oh, when yeah. you show up, I, at least it was for me, like I'd stayed on the Bitcoin straight and narrow for about like four or five months. Then I, then I slipped into a bit of shit coins and so forth. And they kind of lingered on for a minute and I still have some old bags and I knew that they were going to dive relative to Bitcoin value. And it wasn't till I showed myself that, that I really knew it. Like right now it does kind of sting that there's stuff that I could have unloaded in like, say the spring of 2018 that would have been a half a bitcoin like then that is 0 0.05 of a bitcoin now in other words i'm down like 95 percent my relative position there like i cost myself over nine thousand dollars of value lost like because i chose to hold those shit coin bags and they're still rotting away and I've kind of valued that lesson and I plan on just keeping what little shit coin, oh, 
laying around, and I don't know if that makes me a worse person in the eyes of your Bitcoiners. But uh, on some levels, I kind of feel like it's no better judgment-wise to dump it on some person or dump it on the market. It's almost just as well to leave it rotten. Yeah. And uh, let myself remember my reason. Well, uh, sometimes the, the, the judgment community drives me crazy because it's like, like that you've sure. got some shit coins so what so it, it, right. you are you are you do whatever it is you want to do if you want to whatever you can get out of them now you want to put it into bitcoin put it into bitcoin if you want to hold on to them and let them die let them die it what 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 is the judgment of that i don't know there's no judgment me personally you know? yeah me, me personally here's how i feel about it i feel for starters, I'm uh, I'm every bit of like 98, 99 and a quarter percent Bitcoin. So with that said, I've already got a lot of skin in the Bitcoin game. So there's a lot of people I think that maybe would throw criticism my way about not being into Bitcoin enough. But like, I'm way exposed. Like in other words, yeah. like, I've swung for the fences and I've done the best I can. So basically what I'm trying to say is I think there's some people that would criticize me that probably have less skin in the game and that's okay. They can criticize me, but like, in other words, I feel like I, I've, I've done what I could for Bitcoin and I continue to. And if I'm not uh, perfect enough for whatever white light golden bitcoin world and i don't fucking know i tried i'm just one person you well you, I mean? you go back to that punk rock rebellious attitude because i have it and i have it bigger than shit yeah whenever somebody says even remotely and i've been doing this forever but i'm so used to doing it, it's just secondhand whenever somebody makes a judgment call on me fuck them i don't care their their opinion is just one right we used to have a saying when I was uh, when I was doing music and trying to look for a record deal and all that stuff. We'd have a say that we could wallpaper our walls with all the rejection notices that, that you got from every record company known to man. All it took was one yes. So you could have a millions of opinions saying you suck. All it took was the one to go, come in, kid, we're going to make that record. Or in a bar, when we were playing the bar, I always did a thing at the beginning of the night. We do it in a couple of songs and I'm, I'm looking for the one drunk asshole in the crowd. And I'd say something like, who's here? Who, who Who's having a good time tonight? And it'd always be that one asshole that'd go, fuck you, you suck from the back. And I go, well, good. Get the fuck out of here. Cause you're ruining our good time. You know, just nice. I, it's just that attitude of, and I think everybody, well, I think everybody should have it and we'd have a much better world, but that's in my, in my mind where if everybody just didn't care so much about what other people thought of them. And especially people, they don't know, you know, and, and with the internet now, what it is, people take, they don't know who they are and somebody says something and they make an opinion and, and about you or something. And it's like, well, I don't even fucking know you. Why do I care what you say? I don't care, but right. some people do. And I just tell everybody just, nah. I mean, let it go. And do I just want to bring up something that, uh, 
that I've worked on a bit that I don't, it hasn't achieved any good traction of this, that, and the other, but there's something tangential that I think relates to you. So here it goes. So, okay. uh, you know, I told you I've got my time in nursing, so on and so forth. So last September back in like, what is that? Like 19, I started up this group on Facebook called nurses discussing Bitcoin. Yeah. I was going to ask you about quality articles there. And I just do that. And I've probably shared, I don't know, something like, call it 150 articles over the course of 15 months over that way. And I only have 86 members. I shut people down. If you don't look like a real person, you're not coming in. Right. Engagement is wildly poor. And I wish there was a way to lead people to water. And the, the vision I had for it was to spread Bitcoin knowledge directly down career line paths. So, for example, you could have cops discussing Bitcoin. You could have uh, carpenters discussing Bitcoin. So, in other words, group people in their respective trade peer groups because you can relate to people that do your thing. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if I mentioned to you that I've been reading the CDL book here in New Jersey. I want to start hauling gravel, dump truck, that kind of thing. Yeah, you said that. There's big gravel pits near where I am at the coast of New Jersey. Right. And I haven't followed through with sitting down for my test and I haven't pursued schooling, but I just read these CDL books. So last June, I did fire up truckers discussing Bitcoin. It's just a picture of a blue dump truck that I saw down near Hamilton one day. And I think I only shared like four posts, but if you wanted that normie Facebook thing, you could have it if you wanted. I'd even post content to it if you wanted to spread that to truckers. I'd be glad to. Yeah, no. No I'm, pressure. Just throwing just, it just, out there. I, yeah, I mean, I've been pissed poor. This poor. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go look for it. I've how, got, do, how do we get Bitcoin word out to new people? Well, that's, that's really what I'm saying. How do we get the Bitcoin word out to new people? Well, I, I don't know. What I do, and, I and I just had a phone call while I was, because I'm I'll, I'll be going to bed after we're done because I'm a night guy, right? So, But I got a phone call in the middle of the night last night from a, a buddy of mine who still drives for Walmart. He's not yet fired, but he might because he's got an attitude problem for Walmart, so he might get fired. But I've been talking to him. Okay. He calls me up last night, and he finally says to me, he goes, what's that link to Swan? And we got to talk, and he goes, I'm figuring it out. And he's in debt up to his asshole, but he makes great money, Right. So he's trying to, he's, he's, okay. follow, he's following my path on getting out of debt because that's my biggest thing to everybody. It's like, just out of debt. You'll have, you'll have more than you ever knew. Yeah. So he, he calls me up and he says he's been thinking about it and he's going to finally set up with Swan because he gets the, he gets it now. He goes, if I had come with you back in July and was just putting in $5 a day back in July to now, $5 a day. I said, yeah. He goes, I've done the math. It would have been like putting in eight or $9 a day with the percentages that, that it's done. I said, yeah. yeah. He goes, instead, and he, he, he hated to tell me this. He goes, I've been buying, you know, paycheck every two weeks. The wife has been buying $40 worth of lottery tickets every two weeks. <laughs> I said, and do you feel stupid? Cause that's a stupid tax. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, that's one I've gotten through to. Uh, my problem is yeah. with everybody I know they're in my, they're in my age group. 
and they're like, it's too late. It's too late. Cause they're, some of them are like already they're next door to retiring now. And they're like, eh, it's too late. I'm not going to even listen. They just don't want to listen. So on my own personal Facebook page, I've post, I've been posting up stuff all year because these are friends of mine from high school, sure. but I'm trying to get them to understand that it's also they're like young kids or young kids, maybe 30, <laughs> you know, but I've been trying to get them in a roundabout way to get to their kids and the fact that they're grandkids. And I'm telling them, this is an inheritance that you can set up for your grandkids and all this other stuff. Some are getting close, but as far as out to the people, it's like I, I say, if you, it's exponential network effects. If you can get your next door neighbor into it, mm -hmm. then he gets his next door neighbor and on down the line. And I'm not sure though, how to, to, to shill it as they say, because that defense, that depends on the, the individual you're talking to. If you can go hard at him or you got to shill softly Ah, I don't know. I think that I think the hard part is, is there's a lot of prerequisite understanding you need to believe this with conviction. Yeah. Like you, if you don't understand some of what's happening with money, in other words, this isn't just about gaining what you don't have. It's about losing, not losing what you already do. The melting like ice cube. At like, you know, the early 1920s, Weimar Republic, Germany, things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't plan on hyperinflating and going to hell in a handbasket, but that's where they went. And yep. it's like, it's it's so hard to take people from the, um, just swipe it for like priceless experiences. Like in other words, the whole premise of credit is, yes, it's financially dumb and it comes at a cost. Oh, but it's worth it. Like my brother bought a boat he can't afford back in <laughs> June. Uh -huh. And he didn't even have the money to buy this boat. Him and the girlfriend went in on it. And he probably would have made about 12 grand in profit by simply having that money they got their hands on in Bitcoin yeah. versus buying that boat. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, do you understand the opportunity cost for not doing this? Like to me, I can't even wrap my head around not being a Bitcoiner now that I'm a Bitcoiner. Like it, it just yeah. like crazy. Like it puts my life on easy mode. Like I'm not in debt. I don't have problems. I can afford my life. I love it, man. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at that point, what you said there, if you're talking to a person that, that doesn't understand what money is and most people don't and they, they live on credit and they just don't, they don't even know that that money is losing value every second of every day. It's really hard. How right. do you get through that? Because first you just got to get them to understand that their money is bullshit. The money in their pocket is bullshit. The money in their bank is bullshit. That is, that is really hard to get past. Uh, it's, I don't know how you do that. If they just don't want to listen. People are hooked on easy too. They're oh yeah. Lazy. Oh. They're yeah, humans, humans, like, yeah, humans, that, humans are the, are like water. They, they, they don't. Humans are like water. They're more they like always, they go the path of yeah. least resistance every time. Uh, 
All right, I get you. You know, they'll just take it because it's easy. There's no friction. Let's go. Where learning something new, especially at a certain advanced stage of life, you know, uh, old dogs can learn new tricks right here, but right, right. It's you got to want to do it. If I didn't want, yeah. If I didn't already understand how fucked up our world was back when the shutdown happened, Bitcoin still would have never sure. gotten my world. But I had been searching since the eighties. Was the shutdown a catalyst for you? Yeah. Like did it kind of huge? It was the last. You into some kind of. Well, that made me get to Bitcoin. I've been crazy. I mean, I've been, I told the story to, to Princey. Uh, most of my life, my money has not been in a bank. I'm the idiot that has it stuffed in coffee jars, uh, coffee cans. Not anymore. Not anymore. I love it. most I love of my that. life. I would be driving yeah. around America in my truck or in our RV, and I might have 50K sitting in that thing. And it wasn't necessarily in a it was in coffee jars or coffee cans <laughs> because I just didn't trust nothing. What I trusted was myself. And I, you know, and I've got my gun. Yeah. I got my gun and you want to come get it. I'm shooting you. I'm fucking shooting you dead. I'm, I defend everything I got. Bitcoin is just the tool. It's just the tool. It's a tool. Like your mentality. You had the prerequisite knowledge and understanding yep. and frame of mind to make use of that tool. Someone without the proper mentality and understanding, they don't see the value in the tool. They don't see how they can apply it to their lives. It doesn't carry the same meaning it does to you or me. Yeah, and that's what's unfortunate it, is because I think it's so beneficial to a person's life. Yeah, that well, I've said you know, that the like tool the, thing. The idea of being debt free. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Well, that's like I said, the tool thing. I've I've said uh, about Bitcoin, it is the best screwdriver hammer pipe wrench combination ever it is pure tool like it. and it works like a dream yeah if you if you wanted to uh it yeah like like you said it's just i think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my lifetime that's what's incredible about it is it's an open platform so in other words it doesn't give a shit what you do with it if you're figuring out a way to make it do what you want done with the there you go yeah, I'm I'm living cheap. I've got the Miller Light right here. Oh, I'm um, living I'm living cheaper you than you. That's Keystone Light. <laughs> oh, I know you do got to be good um, whiskey, bad if beer. If you wanted to do something, if you play by its rules and you code it right, it'll do it. So, in other words, it's just incredible that it has no limits on innovation. In other words, it'll do anything you want if you figure out how to do it. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like any tool. It's like the computer and the internet. They're just tools. It's how you use them. But that's all it is. The internet and the... Uh -oh. and Can I just talk about a tool real quick? I, I want to bring up a specific tool situation I ran okay. into the other day. All right, go ahead. I was yeah. up against a stripped out Allen head fastener. So picture <laughs> this. We've got a throttle. So it's that's a, a vertical fucker. rod. And it's got a set screw on the bottom. Now, this set screw was stripped out as an MFR, and I'm the guy that did it. And I didn't want to have to show up to my company's, you know, mechanics and say, hey, you see the screw here? Yeah, I'm the guy that ruined it. We got to get it out of there. <laughs> so I tried to skin the cat so many ways. And what I ultimately settled into 
is what it needed was 330 seconds, but it was stripped out at that size. So I managed to take a Torx bit. I pounded my Torx bit and I got on it easy with the ratchet. Yeah. Yeah. Easy with the ratchet. And I managed to get the bitch out and I put in some new, like, uh, what was it? I guess that would have been a uh, five sixteenth by eighteen thread. Uh, I got the wrong length. Whatever spec doc I chose, it told me to buy five sixteenths long. But what I needed was five eighths, I think. But uh, I made it work. I just sunk another behind it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like pounding in that Torx bit solved I, my strip Allen problem. Like oh, I was so I, happy. I have pounded more <laughs> torques into stripped Allens in my lifetime. <laughs> it's crazy because it works. Once an Allen gets stripped, man, you take a Torx bit. Say that again. Yep. What'd you say? People don't know the brilliance of mechanics. Mechanics are creative. They find ways yeah. to employ their tools in crazy ways to accomplish yep. their means. Like normal people don't know about locking up box wrenches from one another. Normal people don't know a lot about what you can do with tools. Well, and that's the same thing. It's like, I like, okay, let's go back. Matt O'Dell knows everything that he can about privacy and how to make it work and stuff. I don't know what else he does in his life, but maybe sure. he doesn't know how to do what I know how. And that's fine. That's what makes us who we are in this world. That's what makes us are. We, we all have our talents. Uh, and that's why, some people have to pay the plumber. The plumber has to pay the mechanic to fix his truck so he can go to work because he doesn't know trucks. Sure. He knows plumbing. But that's the beauty of, of trade and what used to be trade. You know, we don't have it anymore. But the some of the problem is in the last, really since the millennia, the millennium 2000s, and we've got this point and click society. I worry about some of those talents that are really needed, like mechanics, plumbers, heating and air conditioning guys. They're hard to come by these days. Right. And those guys are going to fucking retire. <laughs> so where do you get these guys? I don't know, but I'll bet you there's dudes that live without a fucking ratchet set in their life or something. And it's sad. <laughs> yeah, or they got the they got the little toolkit yeah. they picked up at Walmart. You know, that has a, a you know screwdriver and a couple sockets and stuff, and that's fine. If that's all they go. need, if they're willing to pay for somebody else to do it, but I'm even looking at the bigger picture. Who are the because the plumbing's going to be here as long as people have a house. They're going to have plumbing, and we may not have plumbers because they're just not the kids, the younger generations. That's not the direction they're going. Not many of them. There's some. And they're finding out, hey, those guys are better. They do it a, a, an apprenticeship. Remember apprenticeships? We used to have them. They do plumbing, electrical, yes, or whatever. Sir. They don't pay for a college. They don't have a college debt when they start working. They start amassing. It's like the, the millionaire next door, they say. you know, The guy that owns that junkyard that's dirty as shit, he might be a fucking millionaire. You, he just doesn't look like it. Same thing with the trades. The trades. Dude, a guy. Millionaires don't look like millionaires. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like people that look money are not money, man. Those are the brokest fuckers yeah. you'll ever meet. The the majority the majority of people that the majority of people that show their money are in debt. The people that have money, yeah, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. You know, you just don't know. Regular as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it, that. man. So what was this nursing thing you, you told me too? What was this nursing thing you're trying to work on 
Um, it's just it's just a Facebook group where I just share content. Like to be honest with you, I treat it as my personal blog. When I find an article or a thing I really like, I just put it in my nursing discussing Bitcoin Facebook group. Right. So it's my personal quality repository for material. But I, I basically, if it were to work out the way I want it to work out, is I'd get more and more people to find value in it and join it. And eventually, I would love it if I could present about Bitcoin direct to industry. Like, in other words, put the seats in the conference center, so on and so forth. And we're just going to do a basic walkthrough about what Bitcoin is, how you buy it, how you handle it, what you do, do what you don't do. Right. And I know I'm not Andrea Antonopoulos and I'm not a big deal, but to somebody that is a pre-corner corner and doesn't know Bitcoin at all. Yeah. You can save somebody a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble by putting them on the right path with Bitcoin early. Like I've messed up on a shit coin wallet regarding a passport password and i had to pay dave the white hat hacker 20 percent of that balance to free that up and i lost a good chunk on that like right you learn some tough lessons when you when you kind of grow up in the wild of bitcoin when you're trying to teach yourself and you don't know what's up and i'm nobody special but at the end of the day i want to try to help get good information to people and uh so far it's not coming together and i'm all right with that because like it just is what it is. Well, you, you, uh, you, can, you can lead a horse really to water. Really get people to look at it. You can lead a right. horse to water. Exactly you cannot it. make it's them drink. Good, though, man. Yeah. I love that sign it's, behind the, your the head. The thing is, though. I love that well, sign behind Schiller <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> yeah, that's my, uh, that's my uncle's. Uh, it's the street he grew up on over in uh, Bristol, PA. Yeah, but it works. Schiller, Schiller. Yeah, yeah. It, it works. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's spelled it, wrong. It's, it's spelled wrong, but it works. Schiller, Schiller Avenue. It's I the like idea. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the and you you put put a question in my brain when you were saying that. Oh, I know what it was. Sure. The the. The hardest thing I think is not, and this is, this is path the least resistance to humans. It's not that they can't maybe understand that the money's a problem. It's it, they can understand an asset, right. which Bitcoin is, and all this other stuff. When you explain to them the responsibility that they have to have to hold their own keys, they are in control completely. Not a bank, not a brokerage, blah blah blah. There's a lot of people that are so scared of being irresponsible. They love being irresponsible. That's easy. That's just, you know, easy. But being I, responsible I is hard. I, I talked about that in a thread somewhere earlier. And uh, basically my thought was, is being on the path of maximum responsibility is kind of what yields good results in life. That's sure what you want to do. Yep. I'm going to step off camera one second. I'm going to be able to hear you. All right. Just. All right. He's off camera getting a beer or going to the potty. Anyways, uh, we could do a musical interlude. That would be fun. <laughs> Couldn't we do that? We could. Um, what we were talking though about the responsibility. People do not 
intensely want to be responsible, even though that is the best thing for them. Uh, they view responsibility as no fun. Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to have fun. No, you'll be able to have fun just at a later date. That's how I looked at it, like getting out of debt. I sacrificed a lot of crap to get out of debt, but it was the best feeling. Next, next to Bitcoin coming into my world, the out of debt was the best thing. Uh, you just, you have freedom when you have no debt. Slavery, debt is slavery and slavery is, is a form of debt. Why do you want to make yourself a slave? a debt slave uh, and you are the you're the slave and the slave master because you created it no evil bank made you go in and sign a fucking loan no evil bank made you get a credit card or any of that stuff you are your own slave master and getting out of debt takes a lot of responsibility like you you were saying you're back on now you were saying uh that you don't have any debt the responsibility of people that want to get out of debt, but they don't want to do the work and the sacrifice to get there. And that's the same thing with Bitcoin is they can buy it. They can go, yeah, I'll throw my money on it. Well, you need to get yourself a wallet and you need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to do this. And they're like, what? Cause they're so used to having a bank or TD Ameritrade, and that's just where their money's sitting and it's doing what it's doing, or 401. There's no, 401ks are the worst thing that ever fucking happened because it made people irresponsibly invest in shit. They don't even know what they're in. Well, I've got my 401k. Do you know what you're in? No. <laughs> you know, so they like, they like that irresponsibility, that responsibility shit. You know, that's the stuff dad talked about. Not my dad so much, but grandpa, because grandpa went through the Great Depression. Yeah. He knew about responsibility and he taught me. And even in my wild days, when I was crazy rock and roll, living a decadent motherfucking lifestyle, I was still very responsible about my fucking money. I just didn't waste it. I always right. tell people, I go, I never bought any drugs because that was a waste of money. Now, if somebody wanted to offer something up, hey, I'm in, <laughs> you know, but I did not purchase drugs, <laughs> you know, because it was a waste of money. So, um, Absolutely, I agree. Um, so on that responsibility front and the choices and sacrifice, so I, I'm into these boats and to be perfectly honest with you, it takes me to the limit of my own abilities. So one of my boats the one I have in New Orleans, I was deep in debt when I bought that boat. I couldn't even afford to go fly to see that thing when I was making the choice to purchase it. I put I put it in the hands of the surveyor to look at it and verify that it met the description because the situation was the old owner put so much sweat equity and so forth. And at the price offered, it was a very good buy. So not only could I not afford to see it, I couldn't afford to truck it all the way home. I trucked it from California to New Orleans for $5,500. So my cousin lived in New Orleans and he looked after the thing for these number of years. So now that boat, we're on year six, it's still sitting there in New Orleans. And I go down like twice, three times a year and blah, 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 but I'm about to move it north. So 
I've got a lot of maintenance I got to catch up on and there's a lot of expenses and this, that, and the other. So I'm taking a hard look at things and I'm not quite tracking where I need to, to be doing things like buying this bigger anchor I want and all this, uh, you know, three eighths inch chain I want and all these expenses. And I start taking a look and I was like, you know what? Sending over $2,800 to New Jersey State Marina for a slip for 2021 for a boat that's not here yet doesn't uh-huh. sound like the right move, especially when I know I need to haul out to the tune of two grand to perform all this maintenance and get caught up on. So what I just decided, I'm not buying that slip. I'm moving it north in April, going to do it on its own bottom with my own effort and time. And then I'm just going to put it at anchor in variety of spots for a course of like 10 weeks. And then I'm hauling it out in mid-July, and that'll be about two grand. And it's allowing me to not fall deeper in the hole. And meanwhile, I'm saving probably like a quarter of my after-tax income into Bitcoin a month. So in other words, rather than sacrifice my savings or go deeper into debt to buy a hole in the water that my boat could sit in when I know I need to haul it out onto land and perform a bunch of maintenance, in other words, you just forgo things sometimes. You say, you know what? That's just not going to be. You say to yourself, can't do that. It all doesn't. And, and that's what most people have not learned to do. They haven't learned to say no to themselves. And there's times you have to. You just got to say, eh, that's not going to be for me. I can't afford that right now. That's not what I'm doing. And you come up with another plan. And it, it, I know it's all crazy and weird and all that like i'm eccentric man there's just no two ways about it like and that's, that's okay i'm gonna have to live as me in life it is good it is good from where i stand but sometimes i don't know me personally i'm a huge fan of like little quiet normie chicks and they don't even like me much <laughs> but god do i like them yeah and uh <laughs> it it can set me up for a bit of a rough tumble <laughs> yeah yeah it, it well it, because of the eccentricities and i know i mean uh you know my my story with my filipino wife i mean i wasn't gonna get married i was 45 years old i was older i was i was up there right where you're at right now unmarried never wanted to be married and right went that way uh and it worked like a dream and I've, I've found out, you, you, you know, now that I'm in that crowd of, of American men, in fact, next, next week, I'm doing a pod with a guy who's Bitcoiner and we found out he yeah. goes, he heard the Princey podcast. He goes, I'm married to a Filipina too. He's a guy out in Chicago and stuff. And we already talk about it, but in that, that thing, it's weird the American man that married the Filipina, almost none of them have a bad story. It's like, it's the best thing that ever happened. It's weird. It's, it's the strangest thing. The most, I mean, I know a lot of married people and I know a lot of American men married to Filipinas. Fuck, they're all happy. I'm happy as shit. Love it. But I know a lot of Men. They're, they're not a bad people by any stretch. That's a starter. They're not. You know, I don't know much about Filipino culture, but I, I work. I don't know a lot about Filipino culture. I don't know a oh. lot about it, but I've worked with a number of Filipino nurses. Yeah. And I work with a Filipino dude at my boat job. And like, I don't know. They seem like hardworking, focused, good people, you know? Well, um, that's the thing over there, over there, because of the amount of poverty is so high. 
they can't they can't have in life they have a low time preference because everything's everything's out of their reach so they just grow up not 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 chasing that carrot like we do here you know because everything's possible in america and we get on that treadmill and we start running like hell and we chase it (laughs) we're over there it's so far out of reach it's not even a thought the the simplicities of life the roof over the head and this and that that's what matters and that's how they work and like you're saying the work ethic because most of them when they start out young it's manual it's manual labor and that's what they are so that teaches your work ethic yeah so like you said a lot a lot of filipinos a lot of filipinos came to america the nurses because they can get their education over there and we need nurses like crazy it transfers well and it transfers real well sure. and that's why they all came over uh the nurses and stuff and that started mm-hmm. back in the 80s where that mass influx uh yeah. which was funny because my wife tells me uh, in the 90s she actually started college to go into nursing but once she sees blood, she just freaks the fuck out. She's out. She's gone. Uh, everything scares her. Yeah. She's, she it's gets scared crazy. and frightened. But yeah. they they go into nursing because it's a ticket. It's not just here in America. It's a ticket out to maybe Canada. America could right. be Europe, Australia, any place else where because if they're nurses in, in the Philippines, they don't get paid well at all. So they see that payment no. and that lifestyle that they could get them there. Um, now it's kind of changing over to more technical computer stuff. The kids are starting to go into that schooling. And that's what I, this whole shutdown, everybody's at home working remote, right? What happens, right, right. What happens when business figures out instead of paying this guy or girl a hundred thousand dollars to work at their house in America, they can pay somebody in the Philippines thirty thousand dollars and they'll be rich and they'll take that job who's just as technically savvy or in any of the poverty stricken countries. I mean, it's a bottom Dude, line, it's, it's business right there. Do us, yes, you're nailing the thesis right there. You're nailing the thesis right there, like that's spot on. That's how it's going to play out. That's and how by I chance, have you got a, a copy of the sovereign individual on your hands yet? You hear that book thumped a lot. I, I've heard about it a lot, and I I, I plan I, on buy a used copy and just leaf through it. You don't even have to swallow the whole damn book. Yeah, because I think but I like, already know it. Stuff, <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna rhyme with your own opinions. Like sure, yeah, like sure, it's gonna. A lot of these unnatural advantages are not going to continue to exist because walls are falling. In walls other words, are, walls are the because, way it was is no more. Yeah. Well, think of it. Last night on this computer screen, today I'm talking to you. You're in New Jersey. Okay, that's still in America. Last yeah. night I was talking to Canute Svano. He was in Sweden. Last week I was talking to Bitcoin yeah. Labrador. He's in the Netherlands. It's like there are no walls because of the internet. So I'm not ever going to say borders. I don't think borders will ever go away, but crossing borders, it's easy as pie. And, and that 
I just, I think it's going to play out that way that Americans and who it's going to hurt the most when this changeover happens is Americans. Cause we're used to just having all the money and all the advantages and we're going to be equalized. And if you're ready for it, great. If you're not, if you're not, I don't understand how, especially over here, you know, with the H1 visas, the, uh, the Indians, the East Indians came over for the last 10 years and they took a lot of IT jobs at a lot less pay. So with this COVID thing and everybody working at home, it's not going to take businesses long. And I just worry that the normal American who has that job and they're working remote at home, they are not thinking that this could end and it's going to catch them all by surprise. And I worry yeah, what that because, does to uh, I worry what already, that does to our American society. Well, it's gonna get ugly, honestly. Like, there's a meme that goes around that says, uh, "You're about to find out why your great grandmother used to wash her tinfoil or this, that, and the other." Uh, like, in other words, we're gonna have some tough lessons taught to us. Like, in other words, I don't know if we're headed towards the next dust bowl or where things are going, but like going to get ugly for a minute and people that understand simplicity and understand being resourceful like I plug myself into anything I can in other words I've got my part-time glass blowing job I've got my boat job I'm working on getting um I've got my eyes on maybe doing a little bit of psych nursing a couple days a week I'm not sure if it's going to go that way but like I try to plug myself into whatever I could plug myself into. You know what I mean? I always got my ears open. And if I could be useful to something or contribute, clearly that returns a, a gain to me. If I am able to leverage my time and effort for more money, it's good. Like at the same time, I feel like my most financially rich years of my life, I traded too much of my day to day away and it was bad. Like in other words, working like say five to six days a week on the overnight in the hospital sustained over years that was too much and it, it really put a mark on me it was not a good move so in other words I feel like people that are not bitcoiners and they're those fiat types that just want to grind hard and buy more and do more they fly too close to the sun and inevitably they fall like you just can't go that hard burned. that long forever yeah yeah man it's ugly Oh, I, uh, well, I, I did that, yeah. you know, cause in, in, uh, in, in trucking, especially I did that because sure. you only make money if that wheel is turning. And back in the day before we had computer logs and stuff like that, oh, I cheated like a son of a bitch. I had three log books running so I could just run. There were times I ran, you know, two, three days straight to, cause it just meant money. It's all it was, was money. And it was crazier and, and like I said, I don't do drugs. I was, you can only drink so much coffee when you, cause you're just pissing yourself, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, you. it was crazy. And now it, I've evolved. Uh, the Walmart job was, was a, a great is the best paying job, but I worked like a dog. Now I've taken less money. Right. I do the same run. It takes up four days of my week. I do the same run every fucking time now. It's easy as pie. I have, my wife admits it. I'm, I'm stressless and all this other stuff, but it's for less money. But we don't need, 
we don't need as much as everybody right. else. Like I said, when you, and you would know this, when you're out of debt, I, I like to tell people this, when you're out of debt and you have no bills, $10 an hour and you're rich. <laughs> you know, if you're making $10 an hour in a 40 hour work, because all of your money stays where it goes. I Pretty said, I so, mean, my it's so low. What it takes for me to survive in a month, month I hear you, man. The money sticks around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some hard movable things I must spend, but most of the money stays. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'll think just glitch for a minute. No, yeah, it glitched a little bit and came back. That's all right. I'll just admit it. Me and my wife are so tight and so cheap. The two of us live on less than a thousand a month. <laughs> there ain't many nice. people living on less than a thousand dollars a month, a couple, right? But that's what we do. I, I come close, but I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there. I mean, well, my, you're out. My personal you're out. strategy, like, you're nah, also out. I, I do some, I, I, rent, I rent a room from a friend because since I'm at my job physically, living at my job three days a week. Exactly. That takes a lot of my pressure off. And since yep. I, I tend to fart around on my boats a fair amount of the time, I I throw 250 a month at a friend of mine that uh, I worked with him for seven years selling fish while I was going through nursing school. I could show up and come and go as I please at his house. You know what I mean? I'm like one of the family. Yeah. And I just throw him a little something. And I make sure I keep a small footprint and I make sure I'm helpful. I make sure I'm welcome. You know what I mean? I know how to keep it good. So my overhead is stupid low. Like, so that's yeah. my rent bill. I pay two fifty a month in rent. And so yeah. in other words, if I want to crash in a house, or if I want to take a bath in a home or I want to cook a meal, that's where I'm going to do it. Yeah. In other words, I don't need to have like some $1,100 East coast apartment or more. Right. Fuck that noise, man. What the fuck is it going to get me? It's like a drywall box. Fuck well, that. I, yeah. I've I like you your RV stuff, man. Oh, it's it's the best. I dig it's that RV stuff because RV stuff and boat stuff they kind of rhyme with one another. It's like a compact kitchen, compact living space, compact dining compact. space. Yeah, one's on land, one's on water, but it's the same game, kind of similar yeah. idea. Well, and it, it's that's true uh, because everything is compact, and you learn to live smaller. You learn because you have to. If you're living in an RV, you're you're living on a boat, unless you're Michael Saylor and you've got yachts, but you got to learn to live small. <laughs> and yeah, it, it really it I've always lived small. I've always lived small because most of my life has been spent on the road, whether it was in a van with a four stinky ass guys going to the next show. You know, we lived in a fucking van. Yeah. Or uh, uh when I was when I went in and played the game in the real world <clears throat> and became a hairdresser. I bought the smallest house I could find. I found a little bungalow. It was one bedroom, one bath and a, a living room. That was my first house I bought. It was a one bedroom house and nobody wanted it. Well, it was nice, but it was so small. So nobody wanted it. Well, fuck, I grabbed that thing up and that, that was my house. And I gradually, yeah. And, and I, and I kept it for a while. Uh, and then I sold it at a profit and went to a, <laughs> I moved on up. I got a two bedroom, one bath house, you know, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then what became important to me was land. So when I was living down in North Carolina, yeah. I bought land and lived in a fucking mobile home, but it was a small mobile home. And that, that was what taught me to live small, real small, uh, without storage space and stuff like that. So the transition from that, and then when I went to the Philippines, we lived really small and, and, and actually yeah. our, our farmhouse, you think of the word farmhouse, you think of this big farmhouse Well, our farmhouse is literally a bedroom, a bathroom and one room that encompasses the kitchen and the, the sitting room. And they, they all look at me, go, well, you're a yeah. Kano, you're a Kano, you've got money. Why didn't you build this big mansion? And I'm like, don't need it. I don't need it. I've That's got it. Happiness. Yeah. Well, I've got it. I'm going to build a deck on the back of the house and it's going to look out over my cacao farm and my coconuts and my bananas and all that stuff. And I'll sit out there and drink a beer and watch yeah, the sunset. Great. It'll be great. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, living small is the best. And the best thing about the RV is if your neighbors bug you, unplug and move. <laughs> that's all you got to do. straight. You know, <laughs> and, and that's just it. Is what you're describing, I think, is frankly why Bitcoin wins. Is because Bitcoiners are filled with, even whether you're talking family Bitcoiners or any kind yep. of Bitcoiners, they're running a leaner, more efficient tighter life than their sloppy fiat counterparts yeah so inevitably we're going some increment faster than the rest of the people with the sludge and the fat and the too much so i mean we might only be a little bit ahead in say a half a year and a little bit further ahead in a year but give us a damn decade like well yeah. shit we're the fucking meanest yep. fuckers on the block like we we consume right. little we produce a lot. We value work. Like you work, I work. We do, yeah. we do, we do. Like, yeah, you're not going to stop us. <laughs> what? Well, and you and you see that you see that on 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 Twitter, people that are leaning their life down. They're they're getting rid of stuff. Even the family ones. Yeah. They're they're get they're getting lean. And the one thing, the one thing, that's right to me that makes Bitcoin good is the mobility factor. You have total mo worldwide mobility. Yeah. Wherever you want to go, go. You don't have to do that. Like, like Princey's story. That's he right. took, he, like Princey's story, when he got out of that and he traveled the world for two and a half years with I his wife and his kids. I just bought his book today because of hearing oh, your podcast. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was you'll, you'll, to your podcast. I chose to go buy his book. Yeah. Uh, and that Looking story, it. and it's a great story. And it's, it's, it's something that mm -hmm. everybody told him, how are you going to do it? It can't be done and blah, blah, blah. Well, they did it. They did it. And they're Those still doing it. And they're, and they're <laughs> going to, and they're going to, yeah. Well, most people don't have vision. They, they know. I want to double back that, that, that land housing talk. There's a spot here in New Jersey where I think I need to go ahead and buy myself a property sometime in the next three years. It's called Bivalve slash Port Norris. And it used to be the oyster capital of the East Coast. Like it was a big damn deal on the Delaware Bay back in the day. Well, it's nothing now. And you can buy like a wreck of a house for like 40 grand or a pretty damn nice one for like between 90 or 140. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy myself something pretty damn wrecked to the tune of like 50K. 
And uh, I love it, man. It's close to the water. It's close to New Jersey's hall ship, the AJ Mirrorwald. Like, like, how could thing, I not at those numbers? Yeah, the only thing you, know you got to worry like, about, and the only thing you got to worry about in Jersey, right, is property taxes are sky high. Well, yeah, I, I just take that as a loss off the top for me right now. Hopefully, <laughs> I feel like I'm pointed one day. No, but yeah, it, it is like really what I'm nervous about is so my situation is this. So I've got a mother who's like 70 and an aunt who's a few years younger, and they've built up a very nice house on what was my grandmother's waterfront property. Okay. Now, given the state of taxes in New Jersey and the fact that my other, my brother and my relatives and so forth are in debt to their eyeballs and so forth. I'm nervous about hitting the ground and running with this thing in a dozen years because it's a worthy goddamn opponent. It's uh, right. it's you know like one of those four bedrooms, way too big, decks and overhangs and pool. A, wa- a water, like, a waterfront home, a waterfront home. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking nuts, man. And I love it. And I I hate to say that like realistically, I miss the humble, dirty court stone and sand and scrub pines and like reeds and ducks. Like I love regular ass coast. Like I've got my eye on the West Conk Creek over on the Barnegat Bay in between Tuckerton. And um, I know this is like really obscure coastal Jersey shit, but basically sleepy real coast is what I value. Like if I was to put it in like Carolina terms, I love that, um, like between Myrtle Beach and Georgetown, that yeah. um, I know what you mean. Wacoma River, the Wacoma River, fucking beautiful, man. Yep. I love that shit. Yep. Like I'm basically looking to put myself near untouched, unspoiled nature. That's what I love. Yeah, and that, I don't, that I don't know, and, kind of ramble a bit on you there, but and 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 that's kind of hard these days because. Yeah, yeah. I, like, uh, like basically, I'm trying to say, especially on the coast, any coast, because it's just been taken up and it's been sold off. The you can get waterfront, uh, unspoiled nature and stuff if you go the river route, because there are lots of rivers, whether you're on the coast, yeah. or, but inside the middle of America, there's so much nice river property. It's just stupid. Um, but the coast is is expensive. It's like I said that that piece of property I owned in, in the Philippines, uh, which had a hundred foot of Pacific Ocean frontage. It didn't cost me nothing because wow. it was a it was on a third world island that didn't have any services and stuff. But that piece sure. of property it was a quarter acre, uh, and and Pacific Ocean front. It cost me thirty thousand dollars. Well, in America, it would have cost me millions you know, or anywhere else for sure. But because of that, now what happened is that I, I wished <laughs> if wishes were horses, <laughs> this beggar would ride <laughs> it literally when I bought that property and everything went to hell with the neighbor and shit. And I had to get out. We sold it for no more than we had into it. We just got sure. out even in the course of got it. The, the seven in the course of seven years, it literally quintupled in price. <laughs> and if I just would have sat on it and when I left the Philippines, instead of selling it, it quintupled in price. 
and was they couldn't. Well, well, Bubba, there's an important lesson right there, man. It doubles back to our Bitcoin thoughts and yeah. anything investing. Patience. It's not about being smarter, witty, or clever. It's about just patience and time and staying mm-hmm. on your ass. Just just hold the course, yeah, man. Yeah, because because if I would have well, if I would have held on to that property for a year and a half, that ugly fucking neighbor, sure. that ugly fucking neighbor moved away. <laughs> So then right. I could have went back, you know, but it, it didn't, it didn't pan out that way. And you learn a lesson, you know, uh, but it was all right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it, uh, everything works out and everything happens for a reason, whatever the fuck it is. And that reason was obviously learning kid, <laughs> you know, the hard way, you know, which is sometimes <laughs> the best, which is sometimes the best way to learn shit because it sticks with you. When, when something hurts, you, 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 you don't forget it. And if it's a lesson and it was a painful lesson, you will never forget that lesson. It's the same thing when you're a kid, mom, don't touch the stove. It's hot. And you, until you touch it. Spot on with that, man. Yeah. Spot on with that. Like me personally, my my personal, I I mean, I'm not going to dig too deep into specifics, but working too much in nursing led to like a, a series of years of poor self-care, poor choices, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes that crisp hit in the bricks snaps you out of your bullshit and wakes you up to like what it has been, what needs to be done, where you need to be pointed. If it wasn't for the fact that I fell flat on my face at a point in time in the past few years, I wouldn't be so tuned in to like what's right, what's good, what I need to do. In other words, sometimes some real tough lessons, like boom, it's like what you need. Yeah, I, it is. I, I can't agree with you enough. Yeah, some things come along, and I've learned that from my wife because I didn't have that belief. My wife, when she first came over, was very, very religious. She's because that's all they got in the Philippines. When you have nothing, you you believe in sure. God and you believe in the church. Very religious, but she would always. She's always so calm about things. And I'm not calm. I'm a, I'm a fucking firecracker, man. <laughs> I'm an M80. There I'm going to go. blow. I'm going to blow. It's the yin and yang. But what she always said to me when she first got here, she goes, well, everything happens for a reason. Everything. That's just how it works. Just calm down. And, you know, the easing force of the, you know, the better half. But wow. she's right. She's right. Because I never lived that way. I was like, no, that's, shit don't happen nice. for a reason. Nah, shit don't happen for a reason. I was, you know, I, I'm not, let's just say I'm going to, like Warren Zevon saying, I'm a very excitable boy, you know, uh, yeah. and, and that's who I am. That's just who I am. But I'm, I've calmed down a lot with her and, and maybe it's just age. I'm calming down a lot more. Things just don't bother me that much anymore. Because I like to say, I like to say, I don't care. Well, you must care. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. All I, all I care about is me and my wife getting our, mm-hmm. our, our life. And it's already great. All it can do is get simpler. And that's my goal. Yeah. And it has been my goal for the last, I guess, 20 years, actually, was just trying to simplify to where I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. almost my footprint on life. I almost want it to be nothing. I almost, 
I, I told this to Princey. I, I really do think it would be nice to almost not exist to where anybody would see me. And what I mean by that is when, cause I lived without all this technology and privacy was not a problem and all that other stuff. Now we've got all this great shit. Privacy is a real fucking problem. There, there are yeah. moments when, when that, when I was in the Philippines, we had no phone signal. We had nothing. We had no internet. We had no nothing. It was the most peaceful fucking modern day year I'd ever had. <laughs> cause I just didn't, know anything and i came up i well, came up i right. came up well i came up with a saying ignorance is 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 what is it? ignorance is ignorance is not bliss but it sure is peaceful yeah it is you, you know um what you're saying right there there's a meme going around post-pandemic that's like there's probably some idiot by a waterfall unaware of all this like miserable shit going on or something. In other words, like, like you, you, you can choose how much of this stuff you pump through yourself. And yeah. me personally, if it's not a boat or it's not Bitcoin, I'm probably not paying attention to it. Cause that's pretty much all I give a shit about. That's I, just me. I am now I've, I've become like in the last, in the last 10 years, political crap's been out of my life because I, I, jo I joke about, I joke about, I got back, I came back from the Philippines on, on a Halloween of 2012. And then the election happened and Obama got elected for the second time. And I went, we're done. I can't, how did people do this twice? So I just stopped the whole <laughs> politics following yeah. da, 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 da. And, and literally now it's my Bitcoin I go drive my truck. I do my job and that's peaceful as shit. Cause I'm driving across literally, uh, 500 miles to salt Lake and I make it back into Nevada, usually Wells, Nevada. So I, I drive about 600 and some miles a day of best, just pure empty desert. It's great. And it's peaceful. And yeah. I see, I see people along the way. I, I deliver. I've driven some of the similar stretches you described that yeah. it is, an incredible sensation to drive through that open, empty desert. I, uh, I'm glad I took that trip personally. I love pushing over a lot of road, man. Yeah. I'm into it. Like I'm, a, I'm the first to sign up if somebody needs like a trailer pulled to them or a car driven somewhere. Like I love doing that stuff. I just drove a 12 foot rowboat from New York to Hilton Head, South Carolina for my buddy from Canada who needed a 12-foot rowboat. And I just love getting out there and getting on these little roads that lead you through these sleepy dead towns. And like, the interstates yeah. are horseshit if you're looking to experience travel. Like, don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. They get you there quick and they're good for what they're for. But I, I love getting out of the way. I think that's where it's at. Back in uh, back in the summer of 2017, for four months, we took off in the RV, and okay. not and not once Sweet. for four months did we get on an interstate. For four months, we stayed nice. on off yeah, the interstate. No, I don't know. What was that? 
You ever driven to Canada via like uh, British Columbia and Yukon territory? You ever been up through that way? We, we've, want, we've wanted to. I My big dream before I have to leave and go over to the Philippines, I want to do that drive up the, all the way up through Canada to Alaska on the Alaskan highway going yeah. up from Vancouver. Well, I have two thoughts for you. Two thoughts for you. Do it in the summertime. <laughs> well, that's it. a good thought too. That's a good thought too. Like yeah. I did it, I did it in late May. I did okay. it in late May yeah. and it was totally passable and totally good. I had a nice time just drinking some drinks in Yellowknife. I mean, it, it reminds you of any sort of remote population, like 1300 kind of place. Like it may have more people than that. It just vibes real yeah. small, but I liked it. And you got to stop at Leard Springs, L-I-A-R-D Springs. It's these badass hot springs where oh, yeah. you park your car where you do and you walk down some damn path and there's the fucking springs and they're hot. And you go ease yourself into this water and there's benches set up in it and you sit and it's like chest high on you and you're just sitting on like a piece of granite down up under the water and you just hang out in this hot water regardless of what your surrounding weather is. And it's you know, some appropriately really hot temperature. It's badass, man. Yeah, we so have. If you a, ever do that drive, Leard, gotta go. We have a shitload. That's you my, wouldn't. That's my takeaway about the drive. Here's the one thing nobody knows about Nevada because it's all desert, right? We have a shitload of hot springs. Sure, a shitload of them, and you got to get okay. off the beaten path. That you have to get off the. They are not on the beaten path, and you've got to have. A, a truck yeah, or something with clearance to ride the drag, you know. Yeah, you got to get to. Yeah, uh, but it's he almost went down there. Uh, but yeah, that was. Yeah, we, I sure we, did. I'm on one of those lawn chairs. Yeah, I see that. So am I. I'm on a lawn chair inside an RV. What do you think of that? <laughs> um, I think but I think it's pretty showy. I, I mean, according to Pierre, we shouldn't really be sitting on chairs. <laughs> That's the meme lately, you know what I mean? Like Bitcoiners, we shouldn't really have chairs. This is probably what's holding us back. You'd no. already be living your dream if it wasn't for these fucking these, chairs. These goddamn <laughs> chairs. Well, mine I got on clearance at Walmart for $10, so it's a cheap chair. <laughs> well, all right. So it only sets you back a little bit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But that's the other thing that, that Bitcoin, I would, I wish, I wish that I would have had that I will or I won't. Cause my wife really wants to get home. So that's why we're on a three-year trajectory. Me retire and just get on back to mm -hmm. the Philippines. I wish the travel thing, I, sure. I'm, I'm a traveler. Like I said, or I'm a road dog. I just love the road. Uh, I wanted to do that travel that we did three years ago when we were gone that summer, we had the best time. It was the closest we'd ever been like as a, as a married couple. Cause it was just, me and her out there in the world. We didn't know anybody. We met a bunch of people along the way, but we would take the a, RV. I got an idea for you on that theme, man. Shoot it. What? Well, I mean, whether you do it over there in the same way you did, or there's plenty of people crossing various areas of water all over the world on beautiful boats. Yeah. And it's so easy to score a berth in like a big ass cruising catamaran or so forth. And really, all anybody ever wants you to do is just cover your damn food. It's not expensive. In yeah. other words, they're going anyway. They already bought the yacht. They're already taking a trip. They just don't want to buy your steak for you. So push comes to shove. If you cover what it takes to eat, traveling yachts will generally have you aboard. 
So yeah. if you're already in a tropical region and you say to yourself, yeah, that's all I'm basically saying is pal around with some people on boats down the road. Well, you'd, you'd be shocked in the Philippines, surrounded by water, 7,000 islands, marinas, are, it's not like here or in the Western world. You don't find boats. You find a little bonk of boats. It's it's rare, mm-hmm. unless you're up near Manila to find the real boat people. But when we go over to the Philippines, I'm going to be so busy because we've got a farm to tend to, and it's a lot of tending, and sure. we're going to get goats and chickens yep. and all this other stuff, so I'm going to have animals. And when you have animals, you do not get to leave unless you've got a trust in somebody to watch sure. it. And I'm fine with that. I'm looking forward to yeah. it because – my life as a truck driver is very sedentary. I sit on my fucking ass. It'll be nice to stand yeah. up and walk around the farm and deal with the animals and stuff, have something to do. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. But the only reason I wish that we get, we got more travel out of the way is only, only because of the love of seeing something new, just in nature, not, not cities. I hate, I'm not a big city guy. I don't like to go into cities. I don't like to drive into cities. I don't like population centers. I like country. Why why don't you ship a motorcycle for you? You could just go out for a few days. Even you cover some pretty nice rural ground. Oh yeah. I've wanted to get, I've wanted to get one, but now that I'm in Bitcoin, ain't no way I'm not buying a motorcycle. I got better things to do with my money. And when I go over to the Philippines, all I right, get a, right. well, I, I get my little I get my little thing. I, well, I make my priorities. I got them. Uh, but when I get over to the Philippines, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you have to be careful for because the island that we live on is also the island where the jihadis are at. You know, Islam's oh, over boy. there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you yeah. got to be really careful about where you go as a foreigner. <laughs> you know that terrifies me man there was there was a yachtsman uh that i want to say in malaysia he was beheaded a couple of years ago a german guy yeah no yeah. that was in the it, philippines that really yeah that was in the philippines him oh, and his wife bad. yeah yeah it's in yeah. the southern southern it, the, the big like, island is the big island is called mindanao and in the southern part of mindanao is where they are at we have a piece of property. Mm. It's like, uh, it's, it's 12. What is it? It's 12 hectares. It's like 20 some acres. I've never seen what it. Is a, hectare? a hectare is almost like two, two, like, two hectares, two hectares. Yeah. One hectare is two acres. Oh, but I've, yeah, I've never gone to it. Well, I've never gone to it because her mom won't let me. She's afraid. I've never seen the property. We bought this. It was crazy. We bought it. We bought it for 1500 bucks. <laughs> 1500 bucks. It's, and it's gorgeous from the pictures. It, it overlooks a huge valley. It's on top of a mountain. Overlooks a huge valley. Yeah, and all this other stuff. Bucks, I don't care what it is. You did fine. <laughs> well, well, and that's a great deal. Well, we're growing hard right now. We're just growing hardwood trees on it. It's called falcata trees. And in about five years, they'll be ready for harvest. It's the trees they use to make plywood in Asia. So we'll, we'll make some pretty good money okay. on it. We'll make some pretty good money on it. And maybe because as the Philippines is getting more of a middle class as the world goes on, 
there's people like a congressman just bought some property up that way. So it may get safer. And I hope it does because yeah. I would, I would love to build a nice little bamboo, nice little bamboo shack on that thing. Just overlooking that big Valley, you know, a little that one, a little one bedroom. I, and I don't even need a bathroom. I don't need running water. I've lived without running water. So many goddamn times in America, I don't need running water. Uh, none of our, well, no, our little farmhouse has running water, but the main house that her mom lives in still, and that she grew up in still, it does now. They just, they bought a bunch of barrels and filled it up with water. So it's a gravity fed, but they have running water now. Yeah. They, they yeah, actually, they sent, they sent me pictures. They were so proud. They actually have a flush toilet now. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, uh, humor me on this man so my buddies uh over at the lake house they've got their own podcast and i would just like to mention them if you wouldn't mind yeah so, go ahead the, go they've ahead only been doing it for like a year or something. so uh it's it's a, a bunch of us that used to sell fish together at whole foods and they do their over the line otl podcast and all it is is, is, is it's fantasy football and beer review, reviews yeah. and it's all us guys at the uh lake house my buddy yeah. calls himself the unicorn. He's got this weird-looking hernia that looks like a unicorn, Sean does. <laughs> so it's follow the unicorn, and we run our OTL podcast, and they like is that what they like to sound out their horns or like, OTL podcast. It's uh, it's basically the pack. Like I'm Squid. We've got the wolf. We've got the bull. We got the unicorn. It's yeah, just a man. bunch of fucking idiots doing their that's, yeah, that's the beard thing. Hey, that's so the beauty of it. Shout out the pack. Is that what yeah, it's run, called? Run, it's, run with the pack, as we say. OTL podcast. OTL. I'll drop you a link to it. It's it's All just right. nothing major, man. It's just a bunch no, of hobbyists. That's fun, but We though. enjoy it. That, it's like I said. Uh, I like that you're doing what you're doing, man. I Well, that the reason I did this. You and, follow John from Rapid Fire. You know who I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. John Vallis, yeah. You follow John from Rapid Fire? Yeah, yeah. Well, I listen to he John. He talks to regular ass Bitcoiners too, yep. and that's a great thing to do. Not a lot of thing. And I think what like you're doing, I'm nobody special in the space, but by engaging with regular ass Bitcoiners, some pretty cool content comes of that, man. And, and then, I think it's a good thing you're doing. So keep on reaching out to regular plebs. Just talk all, to regular ass people. I think you're doing a good thing. That's all this is. And like I said, uh, I talked with Newt last night. He's, I guess he's as regular as it yeah. gets, but because he's written books, everybody knows, you know, he's a big follower and I'm going to do with uh, guy Swan. I'm basically the people that are yeah. known in the Bitcoin world. The ones I'm talking to are the ones that have a sense of humor and like to have fun. That's, you know, guy, Newt, Canute, Canute. It's up now. Uh, yeah, I already listened fun. to it this morning. I've heard, yeah. I've heard all your episodes. I'm up to date. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. But Canute's so much fun. And that's that's why I like him. But the real purpose of this is because, again, what I say, the engine is Bitcoin. We are the fuel and the fire. We're the thing that makes that engine run. And that's yeah. all of us. So when you say, I'm not anybody special, yeah, you are, because you're one of the people that's in it. That's it. That's the requirement. That. And like, realistically, we do give it a lot. Like, in other words, if you get down to it, I've never put more into anything 
than Bitcoin. Oh, like no. if, you, if you really look at it, like you could sum up what I've spent on boats. I've spent more on Bitcoin. Yeah. So like our money is where our mouth is. A lot of us. In other words, it's a lot of conviction, a lot of energy. And people on the outside don't understand that this bunch of Bitcoiners is built out of people that are like <coughs> fanatically putting their energy, thoughts and effort and time into this. This is not like just the wind blew one way one day and we had Bitcoin. It's like, no, a lot of people are doing this on purpose. Right. It, and, it's, and it's it's a whole cross words, section yeah. of people. It's a whole cross section of people. I mean, you do the boat thing. I'm a trucker. Yeah. We're, we're the we're the most normal people in the world up to the most technical savvy. And, you know, you got your Michael sailors and all that stuff, the richest, and we're yeah. all in it. We're all in it. And, and yeah. we all give our little piece to it, which is our, our flesh and blood. Yeah. Uh, and we're not crazy. In fact, like I've said my whole no. life, I'm not Very crazy. The rest of the world is, is, is not in tune. So Bitcoin, Bitcoiners get called crazy by all their normal people. Okay, crazy. Crazy is a fucking fox. They don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just don't get it yet. You know, so eh, they'll come around or, know, or they won't. I heard. I heard a cool story about a fox the other day. So uh, I forget what the animal in the cave was, but let's just say it was a bear. And like, so the fox comes up to the mouth of the cave and the, the bear is like, oh, uh, why don't you come in here? And the fox is like, yeah, I don't know about that. And the bear is like, why won't you come in here? And he's like, well, I see all these other footprints going into the cave, but none coming out. And like foxes are clever. They, that, that idea of being able to have the intelligence to look at things. And that's kind of what Bitcoiners are. In other words, our position is well-founded. In other words, we're not just willy nilly thinking this shit. Like in other words, it's built on a whole lot of stuff. And and normal people think like, oh, Bitcoin's nothing, but it's the furthest thing from nothing. It's like cryptographic truth and elliptical curve cryptography. And like, yeah, it's something, man. It's hard to well, grasp. It's it's, the, it's the most real thing that you'll never be able to put in your hand. Yeah. It is yeah. like gold, gold, you can put in your hand and hold it. It's not worth what Bitcoin is yep. worth. Bitcoin, you cannot put in your I hand. Am, I, I like what Breedlove said about how gold is like money in place, but you can't send it through space. And Bitcoin is more scarce than gold and you can send it through space. Like in other words, yep. the, 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 the Achilles heel of gold is that it's physically bound to where it is and it requires physical fortitude to secure it. And if you wanted to send it somewhere, it's heavy and dense and difficult to move across distances in our world that everybody has a phone in their hand and everybody's on the internet. We are the apex predator. Well, like, and, and like you hear that, you hear that, that story of the third world countries, Africa and this and that, because what you just said, oh. even, even, even in poorest Africa, now they have cell phones. So they have a sure. way to get around their own world. That's just crushing them. 
Like we got it easy. We're, That's right. They need it. I mean, Americans, Americans that bitch and moan about shit. They just, they've never seen the world. We have it very easy here. All of Western civilization, whether it's America, Canada, Europe, we have it fucking so easy compared to the countries that are the poverty stricken countries. And we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. The fact that now they have cell phones in their hands and there is Bitcoin at their their disposal, it's a great thing. Did you see Cuba? The Cubans that are here in America, of course, trying to send money home. Well, they've put sanctions on that. The Cubans have found Bitcoin. Oh, yes, of the 23rd yeah. of November. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're subverting, yeah. and I love government subversion. They're subverting the American government, right. and the Cuban government, the people have gone, fuck you. We got a way around it. We're taking it. Here we go. That's yeah, the coolest. Do. That is just the coolest thing. Yes. You know? But. I was I, just thinking about. Something I was just thinking about on all this. Oh, well, it's gone, man. <laughs> it's gone that thought got away, that one. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's the whole thing. Every like, word again, uh, a few will escape. Well, the old the the uh, Steve Martin used to have a bit. The comedian Steve Martin used to have a bit. Yeah. He goes, he goes. Well, if you had a thought and you forgot it, it must not have been that damn important, anyways. <laughs> you know. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure. You know, because real, th- oh, really important stuff we don't forget. But. Yeah, what you were saying though. I, I appreciate I appreciate that you do your little musical thing in your uh, in your show. I never realized <laughs> like when you come in with it, I never realized that you're really doing it in real time. I assumed it was a cut or an edit, but uh, like no, you just like whip out the guitar and do your thing. That's sweet. Yeah, my wife my wife said, "Well, you you should just record it and just put it in that intro thing that you do." I go, "Huh? I'm live. This is what we do." I. I was, I, when, when I had a band, well, when I had a band, we would go into the studio. This is back when you had to have studios because we didn't have anything on the internet. We didn't have a computer and all this other stuff. But when we went into the studio, I was very dead set. The punk rock attitude of, but the rock and roll attitude of (laughs) no overdubs, record it live and go straight to tape and just do it. And if you fuck up, you got to redo the song. Don't fix it in the mix and all that other stuff. I like things that are real and, and live. And if there's a problem with it, uh, you, I don't believe in edits. I just don't believe, I believe in reality, whatever mess comes with it and how messy reality is. I love it. And back in that day but it's the same thing with this so every episode i just do it and it's a little bit different every time i fucking do it because that's the way it works but i i that no, it's i'm awesome. glad you i'm glad you appreciate it because that's that's all i know how to do no I, I i do appreciate it and i mean it all depends on what your goals are and push comes to shove it's about doing what you enjoy like i once uh, had a patient who was like a uh, Instagram fitness personality. And let's just say he had like 200,000 subscribers. He was like pretty fucking big into it and good at it and shit. Right. And uh, 
his advice for me when I was starting to spin my wheels about my Bitcoin stuff and so forth, he was like, look, man, you got to do it the way you want to do it for you because push comes to shove. It's either going to sink or swim and you need to be happy with what you did for why you did it regardless of what the fuck someone else thinks like you can't do it because oh this is what i think people want like no fuck that like make what you want to make and take what comes with it you know just yeah you know like if it if it if it, if it flies if it grows great yeah I'm if not, not well fuck. trust me this ain't being done for any sort of money uh i don't think i'll ever have sponsors I don't think I'll ever have sponsors. I don't want them. I just, this is, Fine. this is just talk to the people. And that's what I want to do. I want to, nah, I, I think it's beautiful and pure. And, and I, and I, I want the voices, the voices that are involved in this to be heard, not just, you know, the Pierre's and the Jeff Booth's and the sailors and the this and that. I want everyday Joe, because that's what I am. I'm an everyday fucking Joe. And I like being an everyday Joe. And I've got things you to are, say. But you know what I was thinking about the other day? Even like your Pierre's and those other big dogs, they were just Johnny come lately, like six, seven, eight years ago, a lot of those guys. So in other words, even regular ass people will probably be sort of a bit of legend in the, like a decade. Like, in other words, 10 years time, yeah. we're still spinning our wheels doing this stuff probably sort of be someone maybe not like a big household name within the space or anything but it's almost like bitcoin's like dog years and if you've been in bitcoin for like five years that's like that's like yeah. being in bitcoin for 18 years man it's like it's like holy shit man yeah so, and I like realistically yeah well i love i love this the what i, I call the smart people in this in this thing that can that are, you know, the, the Preston Pish and, and Pierre and Breedlove, especially. He's like Aristotle, as far as I'm concerned. And I love those guys. But I, my thing was, I'm sitting there, I was driving the truck and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I wish, I, there, how many are like me in the Bitcoin world? And they would love to just sit and have a beer and chit chat and talk about the shit instead of just tweeting, <laughs> you know, and that's all this was about. There's no real big thought process behind it besides people talking to each other, because I miss that in the world. I, I loved, I loved going to a bar and sitting on a bar stool and just talking to whoever the fuck was next to me and just, a life story what's your life like okay yeah. and oh you talked about lemmy the other day yeah bro. yeah Dude, goddamn spirit Lemmy's fucking legend motorhead lemmy like what the fuck yeah. i loved hearing you say that lemmy would have been a bitcoiner that was so oh he would have been he would have been like, just because of the rebellious fucking dude, nature let me, i personally don't know much about motorhead and don't know much about lemmy but i know a guy that like would fucking jump on a landmine or a grenade for fucking Lemmy. Like in other words, he gets like what he was musically, what he was as a person. And in the same way. Just by knowing that dude that knew who Lemmy was and knew what Lemmy was about, like I kind of get it. Like in the sense that I don't get it myself because I don't know it. 
I don't live it like you did. Right. But I know that Lemmy is like kind of like one of those larger than life kind of people that did a very well, big he, thing. I'd probably be better to hear it from you. Well, what, what <laughs> Lemmy is the quintessential. He, he never did anything he didn't want to do. He didn't care about making commercial music. When people ask him his opinion, he told them fucking what it was, and he just didn't care. He's like, and it was the best because Motorhead's loud, fast, you know, what everybody calls yep. heavy metal. His big deal was every night when they came on stage, he'd say, we're Motorhead, and we play rock and roll. And then they would just go into just thrashing shit, but he didn't call it metal. He's like, we ain't heavy metal. Yeah. We're rock and roll. But he just stood by that. And he lived such a, a freedom. He is the essence of fucking freedom. The essence of fuck you. I do what I yeah. do. Love me or leave me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's kind of how yeah, I've does. done. That's kind of how I've done Lame. my thing. But, but yeah, let me, let me, well, let me. Really, there's a lot to be said for that. And Go ahead. Like when we live for others' approval, we're their prisoner. You know what I mean? Like you have to do it for what's in you, for what matters for you. Because yep. if you tried to do what you do because of whatever I think or what someone else thinks, well, that's kind of dumb. Yep. Because it's, it's not going to feed you, help you, or give you what you need, man. You got to do you. Well, it, it, I always well, say you can't be you can't be a little free and a little slave. You have to choose. You either choose freedom. And it's a hard road because people will get upset with you and you'll you parts of society will ostracize you out of the fucking way. Uh, but if you're just, Oh, well, I'm just a little bit of, I'm just a little bit of a slave. No, you're a slave. So you either have slavery or you have freedom. Slavery is the easiest, most acceptable way. That is, and it's weird. Beautiful. It is the most acceptable way in this society to be a slave. When you're a freedom person, you are not accepted because you're going against the grain and you're, you're rubbing people the wrong way and you'll say things they don't want to fucking hear, <laughs> you know? I just, like what you just opened my eyes to. I kind of feel like even within this Bitcoin space, like, I don't know if you know a Dieter. Like he's pretty outspoken. He's like a pretty. I've, he's like I've only heard about him. toxic guys. Well, anywho, I don't know him well, but my point is: is there some people within the space that are so like in your face about some of the stuff that it almost feels like some of my slave life not freedom oriented stuff is kind of still in me. And I look at some of these like hardcore freedom types and I look at it and I'm like, Oh God, like, Oh, like in other words, I'm not all the way there. Like, in other words, I look at that and I'm just like, dude, like just, just calm down. And, but in, in other words, but from where they stand, they're so principled and about their freedom. They are not about to calm down. The calming down is the furthest thing from their mind. Well, I'm the, I'm the it's difference. interesting how we develop and change. I'm mm -hmm. the different side of the freedom thing. I, I do not, nobody should live my way 
unless they want to. Nobody should take sure. my advice. I don't want okay. I don't want people following my advice at all. I'm a live and let live. So if somebody yes. says things that I don't agree with or I think it's stupid or I don't like, I just don't even fucking engage. Because that's their right. that's their view and their opinion. It's fine. Everybody chooses their life however however they want to do it. I don't care. As long as it doesn't infringe on my rights, I don't care. Now you come and try to start your start imposing your views onto my world and change the way my life is, I'll fight you to the fucking death. I'll put you down. I'm, I'm you'll see the ugliest bubba you've ever met. And I've done it. My wife, my wife word, got shocked word, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my wife has gotten shocked more than once when she sees yeah. that side come out and it's the defense side, but I'm never on the offensive. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in uh, violence unless it needs to be. And the only time to me that violence yeah, needs to be it is if somebody's attacking me. I can tell you this back in the, the day when I was playing rock and roll and bands would break up and you'd have to go get a job. I was yeah. Over the course of a five-year period, I was a bouncer in a college bar, you know, with drunk college students going fucking nuts, right? Right, right. Never yeah. once, never once did I throw a punch as yeah. a bouncer. Never once did I push anybody. I didn't have to. I didn't right. have to do it. I would I can get very loud. You know how like a barking dog. It's the theory of if a big dog is barking at you, it scares you. If a little chihuahua's barking at you, yeah. you kick the fucker. You know, you're not worried about it. I was a big, I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy. And when yeah. I get loud, I get really fucking loud. And it would, the person that was going crazy in the bar, all of a sudden they were like, oh shit, this guy's nuts. And they would calm down and would get them out the bar. You know, on the note of big guys, I feel like there might be a bit of a hype meme going on in Bitcoin right now, where I saw American Hoddle talking about how he's tall. I know well, I tall. think Breedlove's is a big dude too. Yeah, I'm six foot four. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm but five. It, it feels like there's like some kind of hype meme. No, I'm 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 like five fucking eleven yeah, or I mean, ten. I'm shrinking, I, I think, but I'm broad. I'm broad, big that way. I'm big, broad. Right. Yeah, I'm just Midwestern stock yeah. farm. Here we go. But I'm not tall at all. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's well, like right. Breedlove well, was tall, a weightlifter. Tall, you have to be skinny too. There's more than one way to be tall. Yeah. Yeah, he's he looks big, dude. Yeah, he was a weightlifter. That's another, another um, interesting thing in the Bitcoin eight. community. So many people so into fitness and strength. <laughs> yeah. like, dude. There's a yeah. lot of people in the fitness and strength in this community. Yeah, I joke about that. It's going. wild. I, I, I joked about that with Princey. I said, I have a very low time preference in life, but I enjoy my high preference side of life. You know, I smoke and I drink and I, I don't. Health and fitness is definitely never been my my thing. It just never has because, has well, me, yeah. well, when I was young, I got my health and fitness. I played sports like crazy, football, tennis, basketball. That to me is working out. Good. I can't. I can't just sit there and lift weights. It's boring. I won't fucking do it. I need competition. I no, need to be probably, one of, yeah, I've had a hard time there too. 
I need to be like one-on-one. You, you want to play a basketball game with one-on-one and I can fucking win or lose, but I have to go out there and play to win competition. I love competition. Right. I just, the That's whole good. gym, the whole gym thing, it's just never been my thing. You know, I've, I've given it a couple of goes. It doesn't really take for me. I kind of wish it would. Cause I'd like the idea of some elements of what you could take away from it. But like, I'm more likely to accept exercise if it's described as another activity. Like I'll go mountain biking or I'll go surfing or I'll go hiking sure. or in other words, I need my activity wrapped up in some other activity. Yep. Kind yeah, of like exactly. what you're saying, how the That's sport it. is the activity and the exercise happens, but it's cause it's part of the sport of the game. You know right. what I mean? I need yep. that spoonful of sugar if it is one, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it helps. It helps. yeah, me, me and Canute got to talking about that last night about the carnivores, you know, all meat all the time and everything. Uh-oh. And I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I fucking have an addiction to blueberries and I love them and I'm going to eat them. I'm not going to be oh, a carnivore. Man, you brought that up, man. Dude, <laughs> I live, I drive through. Have you heard of Hamilton, New Jersey? Probably not. No. It's like one of the blueberry capitals of our nation. I drive okay. through it all the time. Acres upon acres upon acres of blueberries, man. Yeah. Yeah. So all I know is back going through, get back working at the fish counter. I used to have this dude. I wish I could remember his name. Let's just say he was Tony. And he was like this guy in his early 60s, bald head, kind of strong, heavy Brooklyn accent. And every year he'd come through and give me a 10 pound box of frozen blueberries. And he'd be at my counter shopping for fish for his mom. And mom was like 92 and they lived in Mays Land. And he's a very polite, nice guy. And then there came a day where Tony had this table he needed to give away. And he said, look, it's a nice table. It's got a ceramic inlay. It's round. It's nice. You and your girl, you should set it up at your, at your house. You can have it. It's a, come get it. And like, I didn't have the heart to tell the guy, no, I didn't like need, need a table, but I was like, all right, Tony, I'll come to your place in Bay's landing and I'll get your table from you and I'll set it up at me and my girl's place. And I did it. And I missed that guy. I don't know whatever happened to him. We were like friends for like five or six years over the years at the fish counter. And he just struck me as like, uh, somebody who was like some kind of Brooklyn good fellow that like ended up in South Jersey taking care of mom slash buying blueberries and giving them to fish counter people. Like, I don't right. really know what his bag was. <laughs> you never know. But it was an interesting character. Yeah. Well, that it was cool. I love the characters of life. That's why I, that's, that's the other reason I've started this. Cause everybody's a character. I believe yeah. everybody's got a story. We've all got stories. And, and oh. you know, yes, whether, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all about Bitcoin. Nah, because Bitcoin is not life. It is not life. It is part no. of life. No, it's a it's a huge part of life. Sure, but it is not life. Life encompasses so much shit that is so much fun yes. that has absolutely nothing to do with Bitcoin. You know, and I know right. a lot of people won't like this when they because a lot of people say Bitcoin will fix everything. No, it fucking won't. No, it won't. People are still people. And we're going to have a weird world. It's yeah. it's always been a weird world. And it's comical and it's interesting and it's ugly and it's everything. That's the world. Bitcoin is what I call it. It's like an anchor. It's an anchor. 
to keep you when you go out there in that world and you start spinning around, you've got your anchor. You would know this is a boat. If it's sitting in water and that anchor's good yeah. and set, the wind will blow you around and whatever, but yep. you'll never really leave where your solid point is. Yeah, and, that's right what, your foot. and that's what Bitcoin yeah. is. But life is still life is still life and enjoy yeah. it to the hilt because you're only you're only gonna get one. Did you happen to read, I think his name is maybe Pete Rizzo. I might be saying the name wrong, but he wrote up a write-up about the um, the birth of uh, pay to script to hash addresses back in like 2012. Really interesting play-by-play write-up about huh. who the people were and what the culture was. It came out of within the past couple of days. It's got a picture of like a- Oh, I think Western I saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think River I saw Mountain. it. Again. Yeah, I did not read it, but I think I saw it, yeah. And it's fascinating in the sense that here we are, like you talk about Bitcoin being a living thing. We have a number of humans gathered around this thing trying to decide, like, how are we going to do this? And, like, it's so interesting how, like, you had, like, the New York Agreement and the uh, fucking scaling wars back in 17 and so forth. Do your thing. And we had, like... Um, we're, we're currently headed into figuring out what's going to go down with taproot and this, that, and the other. And like, it's so interesting as we all gather around and work with the protocol to figure out what end is up and how we're going to really do this thing to the best of our ability. And the truth of it is, is I'll say only like 2% of the people are technically advanced enough to really get grasp what's going on. You're uh you know, like your Luke Dashes and your, uh, oh, fuck it, what's his name with Cass and the rest of them. Like, dude, these developer types, they've got a handle on all this. And I'm like along for the ride. I don't know, man. It's, it's just a really interesting thing to be part of something so fluid and so evolving. And who knows what the hell it's going to grow to be. Like, well, that's it's still thing. just a baby, really. Because people, these people that have that technical knowledge and the blockchain can be built upon, here comes Taproot. Like you said back there, that story that it is a living thing. It, Bitcoin is an anchor. It's the roots. Of, it's the tree. It's the root. And then if you look at the tree roots, they got all kinds of things coming off of them. It's always growing, always growing. So other things, right? who knows? 10 years from now, what, you know, like today, Taproot, uh, Strike, all this stuff is new and it's cool and la, la, la. Who knows where what we've got in 10 years? Somebody may come up with you something else. You know, I was else. listening to, uh, I was listening to um, Rabbit Hole Recap and I feel like they touched upon some detail where they said Taproot will allow, like, say you have five persons coming together and there's this like shared transaction or something, it would allow you to plausibly, it would allow you to show that you have ownership over one of those outputs, but you don't have to disclose which output's yours. Right. So in other words, it allows you to show that like, yes, I have blank level of collateral, I'm not telling you which one. Which one? It's a very yeah. interesting dynamic. All these and that, so and like, that's, that is very cool. And that's the people that know how to do this. And they're the privacy guys. And they're doing it, they're doing it for them, right. but we're going to get the, the benefit of it too. 
Now, man, you could never sit down right. and code it'll and do any of that stuff. That someone will build it down to our level. It'll well, come down to our level eventually. Well, man, you could never open up a computer and code. I don't know. If, uh, fuck, what's a code? No, well, not <laughs> never, but it would take years of focused effort. Okay. Years of focused effort. Right this today, we could not oh, open yes. a computer and code. <laughs> you know? No, sir. Yeah. No, sir. So thank God for those people. Thank God for those people. I joke. Very grateful for them. I I joke and say, well, thank God for those coders and stuff and everybody that invents this stuff and keeps Bitcoin running. Thank God for them. But you can thank my ass for bringing the food to your fucking grocery store that you buy because you're eating. So we all have a piece in there. You know, we're all in it. It doesn't matter what we do. We all have a piece of something that makes this whole thing be what it is. Just, just even holding it, uh, uh, there's that argument about is holding using, and obviously the answer is yes because it yeah. seems to be the dominant use case. Like, didn't like sixty something percent not move over the past the last three or four years or something? It's like yeah, you holding it's using know, it. Man. Lots no, of good no holding it is using yeah. it. Yeah, it's using it. It's just using it That's in that fashion. It it's using it in that fashion. Uh, The people that are spending it on a daily basis and living off of it, great. Or the ones that use it for little things, cool. The the ability is there to do whatever. I, for most of my life, for most of my life, I've saved- Have you messed with- Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. No, go ahead. Have you messed with uh, Strike, Jack Maller's Strike? Have you tried that? God, I was signing up for it. And when it got to give your social security number, I just stopped. I stopped because I was fair like, enough, man. don't worry. Right. It is drop dead easy. It's a nice tool for transacting over lightning without messing with your own node. Yeah. Like I haven't utilized my own node. I own one. I have one. It's running, but I haven't opened the channel. It's embarrassing to say, but like, I've got a lot of growing to do. Well, that's but okay. it, it, it's interesting that now, yeah, it's interesting that regular ass people can transact on the both on chain and the Lightning Network with their bank account. So, in other words, yep, it's like another step to becoming more mainstream, I guess. Yeah, I just I just come from that old school world where you don't give your social security number out. You just don't. You don't do it. And I got to that point and I was signing up because I was ready to go, you know, just maybe play sure. around with it. And when it got to that, what's your social security number? I went, oh, shit, man, I can't wait, I, wait, wait, what? Yeah, like, what? In other words, it kind of tips its hand that it's like government is fuck. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, yeah. it's just a thing. And maybe I'll get past it in time and I'll just go, oh, fuck it, you know? Maybe it doesn't matter though. Why would you need to though? Like, in other words, there's a lot of different ways. Oh, no, I transact. In other yeah. words, and I'm not transacting. You don't have to go that route. Oh, well, and I'm not Fair transacting. Enough. To me, a Bitcoin transaction to me, uh, like I'm going to do that when I sell this RV when I go over to the Philippines. When I sell this RV, I'm going to advertise it and I'm going to price it in Bitcoin and in see. Bitcoin. If I can get somebody to spend some Bitcoin on this, my idea of if you price it fair, you may do all right. 
Well, my idea of spending Bitcoin is for a real purchase. It's not at Home Depot. (laughs) It's just not Burger King, whatever. That, (laughs) no, not yet. Not yet. I don't see that. I, what I want is like maybe real estate. Okay. That's a big purchase or something like that. Um, I just don't, that argument when people go, oh, you can't buy a cup of coffee. Well, fuck, pull the cash out of your fucking pocket. It's a cup of goddamn coffee, you know? That's Buy it any which way you want. Except everything else under the sun. Yeah, that's just, that's just me. Um, My learning, my learning curve will be when I, when I go over to the Philippines, figuring out how it works over there, because it works differently. And they, like Paxful is a big thing over there. Uh, but there is a bank now. Union Bank is is dealing with Bitcoin. So eh, who knows where it'll be mm-hmm. in three or four years. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But well, hey, we've been yeah. we've been going at this and almost we've been going at this yeah, for almost we, two been, and a half fucking hours. Two and a half hour mark. Yeah. Right. It's that, been real, man. Yeah. It, it was nice to it's, meet you. It's been great meeting you and talking with you, Bubba. Yeah, man. Anything and, you uh, ever I, need, just give a shout. Well, I appreciate your support of the show and the idea behind this little this little podcasty thing we got yeah. going. It's great. Uh, Pretty much, generally, most Bitcoiners uh, they're there for one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's cool you're making this show. I like to chat. So, all well, there good, you man. go. It was all good. It was like I said, the idea was sitting on a bar stool. We've both been drinking beers and sitting on a bar stool and talking. It's great. Well. I mean, I like drinking beers anyway, but I just did it to make sure I followed suit. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to not drink beers from your partial well, fucking board podcast. Yeah. Well, silly. this is just another reason to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, Good there you premise. go. Yeah. It's fine out there. All right, man. All right, well, man. It was nice to meet Happy you. And, uh, and we'll talk to you later. All right. See you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I know I did. We had a few beers. I had a few sips of whiskey. Oh, that's not nothing unnormal. Anyways, we had a good conversation. Touched on a lot of things. I really like uh, how he's trying to promote it with the nursing thing. And on his Facebook page, trying to get that going. But either way, I hope you all enjoyed it. That's the only reason I do this because I enjoy it. I really don't know if you're listening or if anybody's going to listen. I don't care. I just like to get together with people and talk because that's the way life is. At least that's the way life's supposed to be. So, anyways, mother truckers, I hope you liked it. Had a good day. And uh, always remember if you loved it, tell everybody. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. See ya!